What's up all my home buying homies out there? Are you a realtor who wonders what happens when you turn your client over to a lender? Or what the process is like from your buyer's point of view? Are you someone looking to buy a home sometime in the near future and want to know what to expect? Well, my next episode is all about the perfect home buying process. When should you start looking for homes? When do you need to get pre-approved? How exactly do you make offers on a house? And once you have the house under contract, what happens next? Like who orders appraisals? How much do they cost and who pays for them? You see, most people only buy a home a few times in their life. So the process can seem a bit mysterious, but we're going to take you behind the line and show you how the cake is made. Joining me will be my good friend and repeat podcast guest, Jen Gaudio. Jen's been in the mortgage business for over 10 years and is like a chef in the kitchen when it comes to making loans happen. And Jen and I are going to take you step by step on what you should expect through the perfect home buying experience. But we all know things rarely go perfectly. So we'll also walk you through some things to watch out for so you don't get tripped up before you hit the finish line. So if you or someone you know is looking to buy a house anytime in the near future, you don't want to miss this one. Look, buying a home isn't something everyone does every day. And you need to know what to expect so when things don't go the way they should, you know and can deal with a small problem before it becomes a big one. So let's show you what it takes to buy a house. Oh, well, I guess we're going to go, but I can't even talk today. We're going to both go on together there. So um, hello, everybody. This is the Texas Real Estate and Finance Podcast, and I am your host, uh, Mike Mills uh, with uh, Mike Mills Mortgage and Finance. And today, um, I don't have a bunch of teases and, and special hooks and whatever put into play because uh, um, I brought in a good friend of mine today. We're just going to get right after it. This is uh, Jen Gaudio. Hello, everybody. Say hello, Jen. Hello. Get hello. your clapping and cheering going on. Hey. So. Jen is a repeat offender. Um, she's been on my show multiple times now because she's a good friend of mine. And anytime I need someone to come help me talk about mortgages, because we talk a lot about real estate. I talk a lot of things to help agents and I talk a lot about investing and, and things of that nature. I'm even doing, did you, have you seen my little um, series that I started with my daughter about yes. child fight? She's yes. really fired up about it, by the way. I let think me, that's super cool. I'm going to make Lily watch. Let me just tell you how excited she is about that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> let's just say there's car rides that involved us screaming at each other, um, on the way that we went to a, the bank yesterday to open a checking account and I made her take some pictures and do a little video recording and she was real thrilled about that. So, um, so if I you haven't, that's awesome though, yes, no, it's great. Um, but see, I'm not even pro proclaiming to be an expert on this. I'm just presenting the, Hey, this is me and my 16 year old daughter's journey for the first time. Me telling someone in my house, it's one thing for me to tell you how All you right. should do your finances and check. I mean, you know. I have a little bit of experience in this, um, but it's a whole other thing for me to tell my daughter who thinks that I'm a moron 90% of the time. It um, <clears throat> isn't going to listen to anything that I say. So. <laughs> I think it's awesome though, because like they don't really teach us stuff in school. No, not and, at all. I mean, they have like a dollars and cents class, yeah. which is what Lil, like Lily is in right now. That's a joke. But they don't teach you. No, they don't teach you anything. No. Um, and, and you know what? You know, I think there there is a one size fits all to some extent when it comes to personal finance, but there's little nuances to it. And depending on what your parents taught you, because that's, that's the shame of it is, you know, as much as what somebody else taught you or what you chose to go find out on your own. And I grew up in a house and I think you are the same that there was little to no financial education at all. It, I didn't get it at school and I didn't get it at home. It was just, and as a matter of fact, it was kind of the opposite. It was like, you don't get to ask and we're not going to tell you. Mm -hmm. So don't even buy, if I even ask, like how much money do you make mom? Oh my God. Like you want to talk mm -hmm. about 
shut the blah, 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 you know, mm -hmm. every explicit out there. It's none of your GD business. It's like, oh, okay, okay. Yep. So, I mean, does that, was that your house too? Yeah, my grandmother just, we, we didn't talk about any yeah, of that stuff. You don't talk about it. Yeah. And, and, and that's just, I mean, it's not right or wrong. Like, I don't even blame my parents for it because they weren't told and there wasn't like anything in the public zeitgeist that was like, hey, you need to kind of explain how your kid, to your kids, how money works. Like credit cards, for example, you know, and, and the boomer generation <clears throat> didn't understand credit cards. I still think many of them don't, mm -hmm. um, but, and they certainly didn't pass down that information to their kids of, Hey, you know, you're buying those pairs, that pair of shoes for a hundred dollars, but you're actually paying 125 the first month that you have them. Cause the credit card interest is 20%. Mm -hmm. Right. And they're not, that's, that information is not being passed on to kids. So I don't, again, I don't even blame you know, the parents, cause they didn't know any better either. Yeah. But if you do know better and you are aware, then it's your responsibility to pass that information to your to kids. Your kids. Yeah. Absolutely. We did that with Alyssa. Yeah. She made her first big girl purchase on a credit card like, yeah. that we added her as an authorized user. And we went through the steps and we sat down and talked about it. But I mean, you're absolutely right. Nobody talks about it. No, no, they don't talk about it. They don't, they don't tell you what they to do. They want you to get into debt. Yes. Lots of debt. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm still trying to figure out who they are, by the way, because I, yeah. I blame they all the time. <laughs> Same. Those days are a bunch of assholes, <laughs> and I wish they would stop doing that, but I don't know who they are. Um, I'm still trying to work. I mean, I have an idea, I think, but, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, then you get into conspiracy theories and all kinds of stuff like that. So, um, all right. So, anyway, let's move on to what we're actually here to talk about today. Okay. Um, so again, like I said, we talk a lot of real estate stuff, but we don't we don't get into the weeds on mortgages very often on the podcast. But that's why I always bring you in to do that because we can do that together. Because I can sit up here by myself for an hour and talk about mortgages and say everything I know, but that's boring. Yeah. So it's much better to have an intelligent uh, person across oh, the way so from sweet. me. Thank you. That we can, uh, you know, even talk. though I think you're like one of the smartest people. Sure, I Sure, sure. So. You say that all the time. I appreciate <laughs> that. But, um, but, uh, but we can go through this. So, so the point of today is. Um, Jen and I are going to kind of explain to you now, this is for realtors, um, who are wanting to have a resource to help explain to clients how the process works. So if you have a client that you're working with and, um, they're getting ready to buy a house and they want to know every detail about how this is all going to play out. Um, this would be a good podcast for them to listen to. Cause I, I think we're going to go into quite a bit of pieces here, not just the lending side, but just what to expect from buying a house, getting under contract and all that stuff. And I'm sure when it comes to the agent side, we'll probably, you know, maybe misstate something or make a couple mistakes. So if we do ahead of time, apologize. Um, but also, um, we're going to talk about, you know, pull the curtain back a little bit on the mortgage side of things, kind of what you can expect, um, when you're getting a mortgage. Um, so as realtors, when you talk to your clients, you can tell them, Hey, when you're going through this process, this is what you can expect to happen. And the importance about understanding what to expect to happen is that when things don't go the way they should, it'll should raise some red flags for you. And the problem that I think a lot of people have right now is, as the home buyers is a, you know, either you've never done it before because you're a first time, this is something you've never gone through or B you have done it before, but it was 10 years ago and things have massively changed and things have changed. And so you only don't know what you don't know. So turning it back to the whole thing about, you know, personal finance with your kids, it's like, yep. how can you blame somebody for something that they don't know? So what we're going to do is kind of, like I said, pull back the curtain a little bit, show you how it works on the lending side of things and go through some few scenarios, tell you what to watch out for, you know, where you can have some pitfalls and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so let's just go ahead and get right into it. Um, so first let's start off, Jen, if you were uh Susie home buyer, um, and you were going out there today to start looking for a house, what would you do? Where would you go? Well, I think majority of most buyers 
me included. Yes. I will sit on my couch and just see what's currently on the market. Yes. And honestly, I want to say what's really picked up quite a bit. I mean, realtor.com is a huge one, right? Mm -hmm. That people just sit on. It's user friendly and people just sit there and scroll through it. But then you also see them on your Facebook feed now. Yes. Like properties are just popping up constantly yep. on your Facebook feed. So I think that's where some, the peak of the interest right. um, kind of starts, whether yep. it's on their Facebook feed or if you're just like me and you just kind of want to constantly see what the houses that are on the market and- Like in um, your neighborhood or yeah, around. Like, or if there's cool houses, like yes. new floor plans or yes. stuff like that. Um, but that's kind of where I would start. But I like me personally, I don't really use, I don't really ever go on to Zillow. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I just don't really find it very user friendly, pretty. So I use Zillow a lot when I look at properties. Well, I mean, you're also older than me. Like yeah, I feel like I feel I mean, not I've, that you're that much older, but I'm really taking shots here, man. <laughs> but I just kind of feel like Realtor.com, like from a user perspective, yeah. I just find it very easy to go through. I can go out, I can go in, like, yeah. and it doesn't lock up on me. The pictures are easier to look through. I just find it much easier. Have you um? Do you have you used? Uh, so we got Realtor.com. You've got Redfin. Do you ever use a Redfin? Okay. I think a lot of people, I was at something today and they were talking about the statistics for Redfin, um, that they've e either been flat or down for users, um, which, I mean, I think a lot of the sites are down for users because you know, yeah. <laughs> there's not a lot of people right. like searching right, right, for right, homes right. right now, um, for the rate reason or whatever, but, um, but that's down a little bit. Zillow is obviously a big player, uh, realtor.com. Um, and then another one that's come up, have you heard of homes.com? No. Okay. So homes.com has a very interesting little thing that they're doing right now. So this is another thing that we've talked about today. Um, we're not going to get into all the lawsuits that are occurring with real estate agents and commissions and all that stuff, but this does relate to some extent uh, because homes.com has put a big marketing blitz out ever since all this stuff happened. Mm -hmm. And now realtors in, in, you know, realtors out there hearing this, they can chime in on this, but they're getting stuff in the mail constantly from homes.com. Oh. Um, I'm actually, uh, so my wife's a realtor and I signed her up for homes.com. She was my first. Yes, she was. She'll uh, always, always your first. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but <laughs> they, I was her first. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, you're each other's first. I know. Uh, I yes, know. That's so, so wonderful. Um, but, but I signed her up for it just to see what they offer. And I'm actually in my market update that I published on Tuesday, um, I'm going to break down kind of what they offer, what they do. But, you know, just as a little bit of a precursor, um, essentially right now, and I say right now, there is no cost to sign up for homes.com as a realtor. Okay. Oh. So if you want to put your listing on homes.com, you can. I don't believe that they have relationships with the MLSs because I believe their whole business model is to not have relationships with the MLSs because all this lawsuit right, stuff, right, right. The MLSs are having some issues and they're trying to create a national one. At least it seems that way. Um, and so as a listing agent, if you put your listing on there, then anybody that clicks on your listing to look at it is your lead. Oh, so wow. they are not like Zillow. Zillow's right. entire business model is built on realtors paying for leads Zillow through, for mm -hmm. right. And obviously that's suffering a little bit right now. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, so that's their whole, bit. well, homes.com does not do that, nor do they charge right now to be on their site. Now, I think it's just like anything else. It's like, you know, Facebook didn't charge forever for you to be a member, but then right. they, they take your ad space and you know, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. So, um, so nothing's ever free. Let's, let's be, be honest and clear about that. Um, but so that's another site that people are going to, to start looking at homes is homes.com. And they've picked up the greatest, they've, they're almost they're I think they're second behind Zillow right now, as far as like traffic is going through their site. So that's a way you can look for homes. Now, the, now the next step would be, okay, I, I found a house that I kind of like, right? Okay. So Jen, what do you do next as a buyer? 
usually? Well, I think most what do buyers do, not what you should do. <laughs> I think what most buyers do is they find a house and then they call their agent. Correct. Well, they you call an agent, their agent. What if they don't have an agent or their agent? A lot of the times I feel like they end up calling the agent that is on that listing. Correct. Because they don't know. Right. Um, or they end should up calling. I, no. Okay. Or they end up calling their aunt. Yes. Who just recently got licensed. Yes. And is maybe doing one transaction a year. Yes. Um, and that's going to be their go-to person. Correct. So the general process right now is that they will go out and um, start, they look for an agent. Sometimes they find it on the site. Now everybody's a little different how they do this. Sometimes they will call their best friend who just recently bought a house and said, who did you use? Sometimes a family member is a realtor, yep. sometimes a close friend, whatever. And more often than not, I would say, or at least it seems like from a uh, from my point of view, um, this is anecdotal, that most people who are buying a house are working with a realtor that was referred to them from someone from else. From someone else. Not typically just going on the internet and finding right. a stranger. Right. Um, most of the time. Now, I'm sure that happens, or it, it absolutely does happen. I'm well, sure. I mean, if you've never bought a home before, you don't know. Yeah, you have no idea. And what if you don't know anybody that has bought yes. homes before? I mean, you don't know where to go. That's right. So yeah. as a consumer, you have now been referred somebody, um, an agent uh, that's coming to you. And then um, if you were a consumer, looking to buy a house, um, what do you think you would look for in a realtor that you would want to hire? And then we'll get to the lender side of things, which is we are, but what would you start with realtor wise? I mean, for, for both realtor and lender, yeah, I feel like it's kind of one of those things. It's like you go to a dentist, get your teeth checked yeah, and you go to a mechanic to inspect your car. Right. Right. I'm not saying that like, and this is kind of more on the lender side. But. So, so let me phrase this up real quick. So we are, we both work for a mortgage company. Yes. We both do loans. Yes. Or, well, I mean, you do some loans, but you are, you're our, our mechanic in the back, yes. you know, putting the loans together, uh, making sure they get through the process easily. Um, and we work with a lot of realtors. Okay. So sometimes when we say things, it might be, be careful because we don't want to, you know, right. upset anybody or right. put anybody feel like, we're, by the way, we're not talking to anyone directly. No. Like we're just having all. a conversation. So there isn't, we don't have like people in mind when we're saying no. these things. Um, but you know, just, just to <laughs> put a little bow around the situation. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Maybe our, our opinions are going to be a little biased. It is a little biased. Okay. All right. Um, but I do kind of feel like it's kind of like one of those things that we do work for a mortgage company. This is our craft, Correct. right? We yes. perfect this every day, just as a heart surgeon, that is their craft. Right. Um, not saying anything about bigger entities who might dabble in multiple crafts. Right. Not like your family doctor probably right. can tell you a little bit about your blood pressure, but might not, might not be able to go in depth as to what's going on in your heart. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so my suggestion is always to find a lender that that is what they do. Yes. And that is their craft. Correct. Not also possibly taking your money car loans and checking accounts and yeah yeah that's all the stuff. other stuff because that's, like if you're in that's america just, that's just something on the side that they do right like that, if, yeah. yeah it's just something on the side that they do that's not yeah. their bread and butter and that's not what they do every yeah. day so are they going to be great at it some might be i'm not saying that they're not i'm yeah. just saying majority of the time well this is the, i mean you what you're saying is is proven in in how this works is that the reason that when you talked as a buyer if you talk to your realtor and they will have lenders that they're like hey i would work with these people there's a reason they don't get money from it. No. Like there, there, there's, there's right. no, you know, there's no reciprocate. Like, it's just, Hey, I want your transaction to go well. And I want you to have a positive, a experience. positive experience. So I'm going to give you to somebody who I know is going to give you a positive experience. And there aren't 
I don't know. Do you think there's any realtors out there that are like, hey, call uh, uh, the uh, the American bank <laughs> and work with them or call the one that's running after you and work with them? <laughs> I don't know if I, nobody listens to this. Or I'm stuck. Chase and Bank of America. OK, like is anybody is anybody really referring? Those? They're not really no. referring the big They're ones. Not. No. Not. Now for realtors, for me. What has been really important to me and what I have noticed from even people that I have referred to realtors um, is geographically speaking, majority of the time realtors will go anywhere and everywhere. They will. Okay. But what I do find that is also important is that just kind of maybe if you find a realtor, I'll take your wife, for example. Yeah. She is, I feel like sometimes she's like the face of Mansfield. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like Mansfield moms, like I just love Susan first and foremost, but she knows this area. She knows Tarrant County very, very well. Yeah. She has a book of business here in Tarrant County. She knows all the areas you should be, the perks, the downsides, the cons. Like yeah. She knows all those things. So you kind of want to work with somebody who is going to know those things in that general area. If I were to call Susan and say, hey, I think I'm, I'm looking at a house in Houston, she'd probably say, okay, cool, let, let's go do it. Yeah. But she might not know that market as well. She's still going to be absolutely helpful. And most agents are still going to be very helpful in the area you're looking for. But I kind of feel like, especially if you're trying to raise a family or looking for a particular area, you really want to kind of want to know, want somebody that one knows what they're doing as yes. far as a transaction and taking care of you and yep. walking you through the process so yep. that you're educated. Because at the end of the day, this is the biggest purchase you're ever going to make. Yep. And so... I would like to be, and the more you know about it, that's in anything, right? Yeah. Like we sit there and scroll and educate ourselves on, I don't know, how to make a pumpkin pie. Yeah. And we're going to sit there and scroll and watch all these videos. Well, you need to kind of do the same thing with your agents. Well, and I, I think that, you know, a really good question to ask an agent is how many transactions have you done? I think that's a fair question mm -hmm. because the thing about that is that if, if you've done a good, it's like with anything, right? When you pay the plumber to come to your house to fix your toilet, okay, it it might take that guy 15 minutes to fix your toilet, right? Mm -hmm. And you paid him $300. Mm -hmm. So you're like, what the hell am I paying for? Okay, well, you're not paying for the 15 minutes of service that you got. You're paying for the 20 years of experience That's right. that he's made mistakes, got the wrong equipment, right. you know, broke pipe, all, you know, hopefully not. But but all of those things have occurred. That's what you're paying for, yes. right? So, so when you're hiring an agent to represent you, especially in today's market, I think it, it plays a big role. It's like, I would love to hire my, you know, nephew and aunt and uncle, yeah. or whatever, but if they've never done a transaction or if they've only done one it or two, it just might be a very, it just might be a learning curve. Yes, there might be. And there might, and you say might is an important word because yes. I would say the vast majority of real estate transactions go pretty smooth. Would yes. you agree with that? But then they also have mentors too. Yes. New agents have mentors. They work for brokers yes. and they have help, you know, and so yes. it doesn't mean a new person can't do it. Yeah. Um, and if you have a relationship with that person and you feel like they're going to represent you, then that they're still totally fine. But I do think the transaction question is a fair question to answer or ask because that gives you at least an idea of like, all right, am I going to be like, you know, the guinea pig here or, or is this person know what they're doing? Again? Yeah. And it has uh, the support to do so. And oh, by the way, just because you've done a hundred transactions doesn't <laughs> this is true. Yeah, doesn't necessarily mean you know what's going on either. So, <laughs> so you know, there's there's a give and take on all this, and I, I always personally, in every decision that I make, honestly, when I hire vendors of any kind, is how what's my gut tell me, and how do I feel about it? Yeah. Because mm -hmm. if I look at that person, I feel like they're feeding me a line of BS. I don't care if they are. I think that's in anything. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you just got to go with what, what your gut tells you. So, yep. um, all right. So now um, we've chosen our agent and now we, let's just say we've 
you know, we're using the lender that, you know, that they recommended, or we've called a couple of people or however we want to go about that process. So, um, when you're talking about pre-approvals, now let's go back to our original conversation. So in a perfect world, when would you go about getting pre-approved? So in a perfect world, um, if it was me, yes, not a, a no, and I would say a, you a knowing consumer. what you know about yes. the business. What you would want to do is you would want to get, if you know you're going to want to be in a home within the next four months. I would say six. Or six. Yeah. But like from our, our perspective, right? Like your credit report's going to be good for 120 days. Yeah. But anywhere between four to six months is great because let's say you feel like your credit might be a little bit questionable, then maybe start that process at six months yeah. so that your lender can help put you on a plan to get you ready for right. when you will become ready. Or right? if you're self-employed. Yes. All yes. of that. So we can look at all this stuff ahead of time. Yeah. Um, sooner rather than later. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like shopping for a car. And I actually just had this conversation with my brother the uh, actually two days ago. Mm -hmm. um, his car got totaled. He's got to get a new car. And so he's like, okay, well, let's go looking for cars. And I'm like, how about we call the bank first and we're going to get you pre-approved first yes. to buy a vehicle. Yes. Once you get pre-approved for a vehicle, then we go buy a car. Right. Um, because you don't want to walk in and go get a car, just like you don't want to walk in with an agent and go to all these showings and find a house. And then all of a sudden, okay, now we need to go get a lender. And then the financing side, a lot of the times people feel like it's the hardest side. Mm -hmm. When in actuality, if you get pre-approved first and you go through that side, the hardest part is going to be finding the house, Yes, honestly. Yes. Um, well, and another part of that, that I don't think people consider often we do obviously, cause we have these conversations every day is when, when you say get pre-approved, what a lot of people hear is, especially people that have good financial situations is that what, what are you talking about? Like my, I, I make good money. My credit's good. I have the cash. Who cares? I'll be fine. You probably will. Like mm -hmm. there's, I would say 90% of the time you would. And it's not that you would have an issue. The issue is, is then what kind of house are you trying to buy? Right. Okay. Because in your mind, because you haven't shopped for a home in 10 years, right. you're like, well, I'm selling my house for 400,000. So I want to go buy a $600,000 house because I'm trying to step up. Right. Right. Well then you let's assume you don't get pre-approved. You go find the house that you love and that your wife loves, or your husband loves and your kids love and everybody's in love with the house. Yeah. And then you call the lender and like, Hey, look, I know I'm good to go, but I got to get this pre-approval letter, you know, blah, 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 blah. And you go through the whole process. And then let's just even say you get under contract. And cause you don't have a great lender who doesn't explain to you everything up front. And then you get that contract. Then you get the disclosure from the lender and it says your mortgage payment is $6,000. Yeah. And you're like, what are you, what my mortgage payment right now is 2,500. Well, yeah, but you bought that house 10 years ago and you paid 200,000 for it yep. and you're selling it for 300,000. And since then the market has appreciated dramatically rates are higher and property taxes. Are yep. Yep. So now your payment's $6,000. Yep. And if you'd be like, well, if I'd have known that, then I never would have, I would have maybe scaled it back. So, so the point of getting pre-approved isn't just, can you buy the house? Correct. It's what kind of house do you want to buy yes. based off of what is available? Yes. Are you trying to buy in Highland Park? Or are you right. trying to buy in Azel, right? Yes. right? Yes. Um, still a rural area. And I feel like the education process of that whole pre-approval side. So you have pre you have your pre-qualification side and then you have your pre-approval side. So your pre-qualification side, you know, we get your information. We, a lot of times we go by what you're saying. If you're a W-2 borrower, not self-employed, you're paid salary, you've got this much in the bank, right? Okay, cool. I think we can go ahead and um, get you pre-qualified. What's your credit? You look great. Yeah. But then the pre-approval side is where we get 
everything right. from you, right? So we can go ahead and get you into underwriting, get you fully approved so that at that point, there's no financial stress as far as you trying to figure out, can one, can I get approved? Yeah. And two, what are my realistic expectations of what it's going to look like? Yeah. And I feel like lenders need to have a, a lot of originators. I know you do have that kind of conversation with clients whenever you're pre-qualifying them because you're kind of saying it's kind of like, it, well, it's very opposite because I feel like people who have never bought homes before, they think, okay, well, it's similar to buying a vehicle. And the car salesman is like, what do you want your monthly payment to be? Yeah. And we've all been trained yes. to never tell the car salesman, I want my car payment to be this, right? right? Um, but it's a little bit different in the mortgage lending world because I kind of need to figure out where you want to be because that will be about what size house or what amount you're able to yes. go buy. And, and just to clarify on that point too, because- you know, we, we're only going to be here for about an hour. We're going to try to go through all this. So there's, there's so many facets to this that you can drill <laughs> yeah. down to, but just to clarify on the, what you want your payment to be thing, th there are four components of, uh, you know, of most payments, right? Principal right. interest, taxes, insurance, and mortgage insurance, mortgage insurance. Once you know what type of loan you're mortgage insurance is what you pay. If you don't have 20% put down mortgage insurance, once you know what type of loan you're doing, your credit score, your debt to income, et cetera, that number is set. It will not change. So you can't adjust that number. Mm -hmm. Your property taxes, once you pick the house that you want to buy, that number is set. It cannot be adjusted. And it's it vastly it different depending on where you want to buy. And there's so a million I, reasons why. That's right. A whole other <laughs> I always tell people, are you trying to buy a Midlothian? Yes. Or are you trying to buy an Angel, Texas? Or are you buying a house that, you know, has somebody's owned for 20 years and it's worth 2000 or 20 or 250,000 on the tax rolls, but you're buying it for 450. Okay. That, that that's a whole other thing. Yep. Um, and that can change dramatically, by the way. And then you have homeowners insurance, which is substantially higher these days. It is it's crazy. New rates um, just came out too. Yep. Ugh. And, but that number two, unless you're using a discounted service that you, by the way, don't want to do, because if you ever have a home on your claim on your home, it's a nightmare. Um, and I won't name any companies, but I suggest the agent model, like working with a company that has yes. an agent available that you can pick up and call. But even that premium, those agents, they're set, like they can't oh. adjust or whatever. So if you're getting a cheaper premium from a particular company, it just means that they're taking something away. Something away. It's right. kind of like car insurance. Yes. I relate everything to cars. So it's either liability or full coverage. You don't need it until you need it. That's right. And so, but the point of that is, is that that number can't change very much, right? 25, 30 bucks. If you're using, you know, a reputable, yeah. good company. Um, and then your principal and interest, which is the only thing that the part that actually pays the loan, yep. that part you can impact, but not unless you have a substantial down payment because 10 grand saves you about 65 bucks right yep. now. Okay. Or there's a substantial change in the rates in the market, right? Because an eighth of a point, even on a $350,000 house is about 25 bucks, mm -hmm. right? So, so unless the market changes a quarter or a half, you know, a full point, you're not going to see your payment change hundreds of dollars. So the point being is that you can impact your payment, but you can't really impact it dramatically. And once you pick a house, you're kind of, your payment pretty much is what it is. Yep. So that's why we ask, Hey, where do you want your payment to be? And where are you looking? And where are you looking? Where are you looking? Right. Yeah. So, all right. So now um, let's say that we've found the house, right? We've got, now, now before you find the house okay. though, and you've gotten pre-approved yep. or pre-qualified, pre-approved, whichever one, yep. there's some things that are really important that lenders communicate to their buyers. Yep. I know you do this. Yeah. Um, I do this. A lot of originators do this. And that's the do's and don'ts of. Yes. Now we're in the middle of the transaction. Yes. Here's some do's and don'ts. Yes. Please. Okay. We need to talk about that. Yeah. Maybe. We need to talk about that because yeah. I, I had a client one time. Um, she showed up to my house and she was so sweet. 
sweetest couple ever shows up. She sits down at the dining table and she's like, oh, I just want you to know I did just get a car yesterday. <laughs> and my face was like it white. And yeah. then she just starts laughing. Right. And she was like, I saw it on TikTok. I just wanted to see what she would say. <laughs> um, but there are do's and don'ts, right? Yes. Like there are some do's and don'ts that it doesn't matter what loan program, how financially qualified you are. There are some do's and don'ts. Yes. If we're tight, please don't go open new debt. When you say tight, what do you mean? Oh, on our debt to income ratio. Right. So if we're already squeezing the max of what you're trying to buy and you already have a lot of debt that's on your credit with what you make per month, right? Yes. We take your monthly debts, divide it into your monthly income. Um, and that is your debt to income ratio. And everything's monthly. It's monthly. not, we don't uh -huh. care that you that you owe 40,000 on your car. We care that the payment is $400. Yep. And we're looking at your gross income, not your net income. Right. So we take that. So if we're, if we're kind of high already, like up in the fifties, um, then there's going to be like, let's not go open any new debt. Yeah. Okay. Keep paying your credit cards. If you got credit cards, keep paying them. Um, pay them on time. We, the, one of the biggest do's is, or do not is don't be late on anything. Yes. yes. Okay? Don't be late. I don't care yes. what you got to do, but don't be late. That's right. Um, well, but, and here's the reason why, when you said earlier that the credit report is good for 120 days, it is okay. But every lender, we all run refresh reports at, you know, for numerous reasons or whatever. And if something comes in and shows us that you were late on an account for okay. some reason in the process of doing the loan, then the underwriter typically is going to trigger. Yeah. And we're going to have to show it's now current. I need, I need to know that it's current yeah. and I may need a new report. Because remember, you're asking to borrow a couple hundred thousand dollars. Correct. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, dues. Keep working. Yes. Don't change jobs. <laughs> if you if you can at all. Man, that happens all the time. Man, I can't tell you how many people are like, oh, I'm changing jobs next week. So I'm ready to buy a house. I'm like, what? 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 Yeah. Hold on. Why? Dude, keep working. And if you do happen to change jobs. Please don't change your pay structure. I don't yes. care how much more money it's going to be. If you're going to go from a straight salary position to all commissions, that's going to be a problem for us because at the end of the day, we're looking at history yes. and your reliability. It's just like a credit report. All a credit report is, is a report card that makes me believe that you you're going to pay your bills on time, yep. right? Yep. So, and as far as when we're looking at your income, when you're trying to buy a home, I need to make sure it's reliable and stable. So yep. if we're changing from salary position to 100% commission and on the road, I don't have the history of it. So, yes. well, and you say reliable and stable and be like, well, I mean, I'm going to go sell insurance and there's insurance <laughs> sold everywhere. So it's reliable and people make money. It's like, no, reliable for you because you have never sold insurance before. Right. And so therefore, because it's all commission or, you know, in many cases, um, and you were a W2 where your employer was constantly writing you a check every single two weeks mm -hmm. or whatever your pay structure yep. was, then that was reliable. We knew it would be there, but now we have no way to predict what you could be the most successful insurance person on the planet. But until you are, we can't yep. project where you're going to be. There's yep. no way to do it. Cause it's, it's about, projecting into the future. And it's a reasonable assumption to project that if you've been on a job and you're working for an employer and they've guaranteed your employer, then it's a reasonable assumption to, to assume that you're going to continue on that job. Yes. Okay. Yes. But same with like overtime too. Like if, if we're using less, okay, let's say it's not commission income, but it's yeah. still like overtime. Yeah. Well, you're, I, I need you to continue to work yes. your overtime hours. You've been working. Yes. If I'm using that income to yes. qualify. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that's why the self-employment thing or the commission structure or what we would call variable income, any of that income is difficult because, or not difficult, it's it's not difficult to calculate. It's just difficult if you haven't been doing it before because we cannot project what it's going to yeah. be because we have no history of yeah, it. Yeah. Or it no could be the seasonal, like it could be something that's sure. like higher in the winter, yes. you know? Yes. Um, but another, another do is continue to save. 
So you continue to save. I always tell people, listen, here's the number I need you to not put in your bank account at one time. Yeah. Um, Don't put more than that at one time, but I need you to continue to save. So continue to save. Don't touch it. Leave it in a savings account and just keep putting it in there. Well, but Jen, what if I'm closing in a week and uh, (laughs) Nebraska Furniture Mart just had a big sale and it only is going (laughs) to last for this weekend. And if I open an account with them, then I get 25% off. Yeah, you could totally do it. Go ahead. Except just know that even if it's 0% interest for the next 18 months, I have to take whatever balance that you just took and I have to use 5% of what that balance is to calculate it in your monthly debts. Yeah. And you may be fine. And you may be fine. Yeah. May not be a problem at all. Yeah. But little triggers like this is things that we talk about up front so that it's not the day before closing or if you're thinking about it, um, always talk to the lender about it because you need to make sure that you've got that space. Um, Well, and if you're talking, if your lender that you're dealing with or who have dealt with, if the conversation with them is, you know, how much money do you make? Okay. This, Uh, here's your credit score. Okay, great. Where do you have your cash? Okay, here. Okay, great. You're pre-approved. You're good to go. Yeah. Okay, go find your house at this price point. Yeah. And that's, if you don't know any better, you're like, sweet, this is awesome, right? But you don't have any other information about yeah. your situation. That's right. What type of loan are you doing? What kind of payments can you expect? Am I at the top of my range or am I at the bottom of my range? Right. Where do I, you know, it, does it matter where my cash is? Because yes, I have 50 grand. Well, if the lender didn't go, okay, well, where? Yeah, is it, is it in grand. an account is or is it in an account? Trust, you get it from your it, mom. Yeah. Is it like where are you where is it coming from? Yeah. You 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 want people don't take the questions that lenders ask as crying. Yes. Like yes. I mean, well, first off, it's our job because you know the bank's giving you several hundred thousand dollars for a home. But it's also we're trying to protect you because we want to make sure that nothing is going to happen to you. And that's why we're spending a little more time on the upfront because when we get to the end, you'll see how the rest of it should go yes. pretty smooth. Yes. Um, but the upfront is so important. And that's why the pre-approval process is so important because there's so many things that you need to know about your situation. Now, the good news is, is once you know what it is, then it's pretty much stays the same. Like yeah. there's not going to be massive changes that occur. You know, I always tell people the first conversation I have with you is usually about 45 minutes because we're going to go through all of this stuff. And then after that, you can text me and call me, but it's going to be pretty yeah, no, if you're still here and you're still there, you're fine. You know, the, all these things are good, but but that's why it's so important up front to get all of this established because your expectations are going to play a big role. And by the way, realtors, your clients' expectations on what they're trying to get and the reason why you want to put them with good referral partners is because they need to know what they're getting into. So you're not running around showing them houses that maybe they can qualify for, but then when they get the payment, they're like- They're way out of their price range. Yeah, they yes. don't want to do that. Which is what's, so if they do find a house, what I always tell people is before you put in an offer, call us. Yes. So that we can look, give me the address. Let's pull up the address. Let's see what the property taxes are going to be in that area. Let's kind of look and see what that payment's going to be and make sure that it fits. And this is something that the buyer's comfortable with. And on the property tax thing, since it's there, there can be two houses right next door to each other that are the exact same price, the exact same neighborhood. And one can have $200 a month less in taxes. And the reason for that is because in the state of Texas, I don't know if this is everywhere, but in the state of Texas, you have a cap on how much they can raise your property value every year. And once the property changes hands, Mm -hmm. okay, now that's only for primary residents. If you're an investor, this doesn't apply. Mm -hmm. But for primary residents, once that property changes hands, the county can come in and reevaluate that property to whatever level that they see fit. Now, as a lender, again, we can't, make any assumptions as to what's going to happen because we don't know. But what we typically do, like if I'm 
you know. But I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. It's yes. gonna, property taxes are going to continue gonna go to go up. Yes. They're not going to stay the same. So right. you, you have a fixed rate. You have a fixed, your fixed loan amount. This is your property and taxes. Let's say you pay your taxes and insurance within your mortgage payment where right. you don't make it separately. That's not going to stay the same over the next 30 years because no. what's going to happen is your property taxes are going to go up. So insurance let's say you're at your, I always have the conversation with the buyers as this might be your payment right now. Yeah. But a year from now or a year and a half from now, that might go up and yeah. most likely will go up Yes, because they're going to be, the county's going to be able to come in and reassess. Remember, at the end of the day, the county's going to try to come in and make money where they can too. Yes. Everybody's going to try to get a little piece of that little pie when and they're, they're buying. slow and they're slow. And it, you may get by that first year and you're like, oh, hey, and then you get one, and you get they're sticker covered. shock and you're, and then you get a phone call later. And then my bank screwed me. Yes. yes. And now you're like, oh my gosh, the slender and my, my mortgage payment's going to go up three. $300 property taxes are going to forever go up. They yes. just are. Yeah. Um, but your lender should tell you like, and that's the point of calling about the yes. payment is, is I would say to them, Hey, look, based on where it is right now, your payment's going to be this much, but the property's valued at 250 and you're buying it for 400. So just know your taxes are going to go up. Well, how much? I don't know. You maybe want to plan you for double, estimate. you know, I yeah. give you a rough idea, but there's no way I'm going to know. So I can give you a, a ballpark, but who knows at the end of the day, because it could be less or it could be all yeah. the way to the value or whatever. You can follow certain ex exemptions yeah. or things like that. Yeah. 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 So there's, there's just, the point of this again is just that, and I'm glad that you took me down this road a little bit, <laughs> is that everything, if you, if you handle things up front well, okay, and you take care of things up front, then the chance for issues down the road are much, much less. Yeah. Right? You hear horror stories of yes. people are like, we were supposed to close next week and then now we're not. Yes. Well, I mean, uh, again, if a lot of those questions were answered up front and we kind of dove into everything, I always tell people, listen, tell me everything. Yes. I'm the attorney, not the judge. Yes. 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 I yes. want to know everything because yes. then I can work around it. But if you don't tell me these things, right. I cannot figure out how to help you. Correct. Don't hide things. I need to know. And it's okay. Any little question because we'll have like, let's say as we get into the next week, let, let's say you get an offer, you are ready to put an offer out. We talk to your agent. They um, are going to negotiate a price and they're going to put in an offer. What the, all that means is they're going to submit, Hey, this is what we'd like to offer you for yeah. this home. And then that seller can accept or not accept. Right. Yeah. And we always call the listing agent, especially if you're already pre-approved, we call them and say, Hey, we just want you to know. Our buyers already pre-approved. They're good. You don't have to worry about anything. Yep. But at that point, now there's going to be other steps that have to go in play. So yep. let's say your contract is accepted. Your contract gets accepted. Now what? Right? Like yeah. now the buyers will call and say, okay, well, I think we got a contract. What do we do now? Yeah. What you're going to do now is remember that account I told you to continue to save yeah. in? You're going to cut your earnest money check directly from that account. Yes. Because nine times out of 10, I will say that a lot of the hiccups that we find in closing a purchase transaction Asset. is the money. Yeah. It's always assets. Yeah. It's always the money. Because everybody's got six bank accounts and they're getting money from their mom and she paid them the Christmas present she gave me yeah. was 5,000 in cash. And yes. And then that's why it's, you the have to establish. The sooner you do it, it yes. the better. Yeah. Yes. You have to establish what the situation is up front, which is why we ask the questions because right. we're trying to figure out, okay, I'm trying to, I've got a puzzle here and I got to try to figure out, it doesn't mean. Look, in all situations, we can figure out how to make it work. And yeah. I say all situations. In most situations, we yeah. can figure out how to make it work. But we're trying to make it easier for yes, you. Yes, yes. Because again, have a good transaction. Yes. yes. What is the least amount that I can try to get from you? Because you're already stressed out yeah. with, oh my gosh, I'm going to spend a few hundred thousand dollars on a house. Yes. I'm 
I got to get movers. I got to prepare. I'm, we're gonna, you're already stressed out with all this other stuff. The last thing I want to do is, okay, well, because of the situation, now we need to go get all of these things yes. where if we had talked about it up front, it might have been one or two things. Now, yeah. when it comes to putting together your actual offer, when you find the house, I'm just going to touch on this just briefly. Um, you know, there, I would say there's kind of two schools of thought. Well, let's say three, okay, is you, you either offer more, you offer the same, what it's listed for, or you offer less, okay? Mm -hmm. Because remember, just because a house is listed for a price doesn't mean that that's what you have to pay. That's right. Now, what determines what's the good scenario is, A, number one, if you have a good realtor, they're going to be able to guide you there. That's right. Um, but if you don't for some reason, then on what you need to get one, but if you don't, then you have to understand that if you're offering less then that would indicate that they don't have any other options. Okay. If that seller has other options and you want to offer less then they're not going to accept your offer under 99.9% of circumstances. Okay. okay? Um, if you want to offer at price, then there's several other functions within the contract that can make your offer better or worse. Things like, um, how much earnest money you're putting down, uh, what's your you can option. Close. Yes. How quickly you can close, who's paying the title policy. Um, uh, if there's any seller concessions being requested, um, things of that nature, how long your option period is, all of these things are negotiable and can be changed on your offer to make it a little bit more attractive or less. And all of these situations all kind of dictate or are dictated by the market. Are we in a buyer's market? Are we in a seller's market or in a ba balanced market? Well, up until very recently, maybe within the last 12 to six, six to 12 months, we've been in a seller's market for a long time. Mm -hmm. And a lot of buyers lost control and power. Like for years, if you were an FHA or VA buyer, it was very, very difficult very for you difficult. to get a house. For no reason. For no reason. Just, for no reason. Yeah. Well, I mean, reasons that from a seller's point of view, that makes sense. But well, just because of the guaranteed overprice and all that yes. kind of stuff, you can't do that with FHA and VA. But, um, but, uh, but that's going to determine what type of offer that you ultimately make is what the market is. And that's why it's important to have a realtor, because if you find a house, it's one thing if you're just like throwing offers out there, which I don't know many people that do that. But if you find the house, you know, because I know how it works. Every single house we've ever bought, we go, look, we go, look, we go, look, we go, look, we show up, we pull up in the driveway and my wife's like, this is it. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, my foot popped. Yeah. Your like, foot. Oh, yeah. oh, my. Oh, my foot. Pops. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Before you walk in the door, Dude, you're like, this listen, is the one. when you know, you know, right. We Susan called me and said from a buyer, I was already like we had already had one offer out. We didn't get accepted. I was down and don't. And it's OK. Like I always tell buyers, it's OK if your offer doesn't get accepted. That yeah. just means that's not the one. That's right. And that that's all that means. Universe is telling you, you got another one. That's out there right. For you. Yep. And so I was already kind of down. And then um, Susan sent me. Um, the one, the house that we're in now. Yeah. And I was looking at the pictures and I was like, oh, man, I just don't like it. I don't, I don't think I like it. And she was like, just come look. And because at this point you've already told your agent, like here are my, I always tell the buyers, give your agent like your non-negotiables. Yeah. What is it that is most important to you? A big backyard or a small backyard and a big kitchen? Like you need to know these things because it kind of dials down what they're looking for so that they can show you properties and not waste your time, not waste their time, sure. but that you're looking at homes that you would actually be interested in. So she talked to me into going to look at it and I swear to you. Were I'll, there any non-negotiables on that one or you just didn't like the pictures? I just didn't like it. Okay, all right. But there wasn't anything where you were like, I have to have this and it would have eliminated it. No, I trusted Susan. I knew she knew what I wanted, but, um, I walked in and I swear to you, my back foot, like just 
I was like, this is it. This is the one. I can see that. This is the one. Yes. And um, we walked through it and whatever, you know, I was like, okay, let's go ahead and put in an offer. And when we put in the offer, now me being in the mortgage industry, I kind of knew what was going to go after that. But what I have found is a lot of people, when you get an accepted offer, they don't know, okay, well, what's next? What does the option period mean? What is the inspection for? And people think that it's just the appraisal and it's not. And I always, always tell everybody, yes, a home inspection is optional, but please get it. Even on new builds, especially on new builds these days. Oh my gosh. I have, we have a friend that literally brand new build. Yep. House completely flooded in the first three months yep. of piping. I mean, they just don't build homes like they used to. Okay? Well, because nobody, they're not putting the same kind of effort. They're trying to make money. They're I not know. putting the craftsmanship into it. But well, not That's not to everybody, but. No, yeah, but yeah. there's a lot. I um, know. But yes, the option period. So like yeah. people, they don't know what that means. What What does the earnest money mean? All the earnest money means is you're just putting a down payment to basically hold on to the home. Yeah. Not to the seller. It goes to yep. the title company. And there's an intermediary. Yep, you'll get yep. credit for that at closing. Yeah. I have to document it. Yeah. Um, so make, we always tell people like it, before you go get the, cut the earnest money check, call your lender, just call them. They'll tell you where to go cut it from. Make sure it's cut out to the right people, cut it from a certain bank account. Don't have your brother write it for you because you couldn't get to the bank. So we'll kind of coach you through that. Yes. Just because it'll make life a lot easier for you. Yes. And Uh, then the option is to the seller. Yes. That does go to the seller because that is your, that's basically your fee for writing an offer and for them taking their house off the market. But it gives you time to get your inspection done. So if there's anything of significance that you, or that is a no brain, you know, a deal breaker that you can walk away, you get your earnest money back. Um, you know, uh, even if you've, Paid for an appraisal, but as long as it hasn't been ordered yet, um, you should get that money back as well. In most cases, if you're a lender. Um, well, and the other thing is, why dealing with a why vetting your realtor is so important too. Is most realtors who've done many transactions have home inspector home inspectors yes. that they do business with that are reliable yep. and that are dependable and that are quick and that are thorough and good to protect you. Yes. And so if it's a brand new agent, a lot of the times they'll have to kind of get referrals from who they know. But if you do business with somebody who has done those transactions, they have a home inspector yeah. that can probably get out there in the next 24 hours. Yeah. Well, and that goes back to my point where we were talking about making the offer of if you have an experienced realtor that's been doing it Remember when they're telling you we have to go in at full price or we have to go in over, they're not telling you because they want you to pay more money. Okay. No. <laughs> they their goal is to get that offer accepted. And they already they probably already know something. Yes. They've already probably called. Yes. <laughs> they're not trying to get an extra hundred bucks out of your offer because oh well, they just want to offer more. No, 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 no. Because remember, if you don't win, they make zero, right? right. They get no money. <laughs> right. They want you to win. So they're going to try to write your offer strong to, to get it accepted. So that way, you know, and especially if it's the house, if it's the one then it's like, look, there's two other offers because they've already called that I know of kind of got the little skinny. Yes. Get the skinny on it. So if you want this sucker, like we got to go in, you know, guns blazing or there could be the opposite. Yeah. They haven't, the house has been on the market for 120 days. They don't have nothing. So how how low you want to go, Yep. you know, and then, but there's a balance there too, because If you go in and insult a seller, okay, they'll just say no. They yeah. they won't negotiate. They'll just say no. I'm not going to do that. And we're like, what about this? No, no, no. Screw you. Like yeah. you, you, that's insulting to me. Now, granted, there are some sellers out there whose house is listed for an insulting price, <laughs> right? <laughs> Especially right now. So again, there's so many facets of this deal. It which is goes back to 
you got to have professionals that are yes. representing you in this because this isn't just a, oh, I'll just go find a house or write a contract and see what happens. It's, yeah. it's not how it works. It's so much. So much has changed. Yes. And there's but, so much on the front side. Yes. And then, so like once you get the inspection done, home inspector comes out, right? That has nothing to do with us. Yeah. Um, the lender. That's yes. just for you. And what people don't realize, and I find Unless this- Unless it's VA. Yes. But I find this more often than not is that they don't, a lot of people don't know the difference between a home inspection and an appraisal. Appraisal, yes. In a survey. All an appraisal is, is an appraisal is just going to look at properties that are around this property you're buying. That recently sold. That recently sold, that are comparable to to the house you're looking at. Yep. And they're going to establish a value. Yep. That's all they're going to do. And they know what the price that you're paying for the home is up front. Yes. Appraisers get a copy of the contract before they do the appraisal. So they have a target to shoot at. Yes. yes. Now your home inspector, home inspector that goes in, they're licensed. They have to, and they're going in. I, I relate it to, especially for first time home buyers. Yes. What I relate it to is if you've ever rented an apartment, when you first walk into the apartment that you're renting, you have this big, long sheet and you got to write down all the little stuff that's all wrong. the little stuff, like every scratch you saw, every hole in the wall you saw, anything that does not look right, you write you it down. You don't want to pay for it when you move out. Yes, because yeah. you don't. You want to get your deposit back, right? Yep. So the home inspector's job is to literally dissect that house and all your big ticket items: plumbing, foundation, electrical, um, your AC, like roof. Roof. That is what they are looking at. They are looking at all the big ticket items to protect you, so that when you do get into the home, because remember, the appraisal only establishes value. Right. I only look at the appraisal. Yep. So unless the appraiser is going to call out something like that, that is structurally or health or safety, I'm not going to really know or foundation and I'm not really going to know. But let's say you move in and now you have $15,000 worth of plumbing issues. Yeah. That's why home inspection is so, it's so, so important up front. Well, and you have to remember with the home inspection as well, the inspector's job is to tell you everything that's wrong with the house, everything. And yeah. if they don't, then they can be held liable in some cases. So they're going to, if the bushes are too close to the, to the brick, they're going to tell you, okay, yes, yeah. it's going to be if on the report. If you're missing a GFCI outlet, yes. you got, it's going to be on there. Your inspection report's going to be like 150 <laughs> pages. Okay. Just know that even on brand new homes. Yeah. There's a little piece of the fascia that's, yes. yeah. If, if, if I had a buyer call me one time, they're like, this inspection report's 25 pages. This house is a wreck. I'm like, that's a small one. Like you're doing, you're doing good. It was only 20 pages. Wow. That's good. Yeah. Um, I mean, it might be 10. I can't remember, but, but, uh, but the point is, is that the other side of it is it's, a, you have to get it but you have to put it into context because there are certain things about the house you can't change. Yep. You can't change where it's at. You can't change, you know, the price to some extent or whatever, the neighborhood that it's in, the the school districts that it goes to, all that kind of stuff, right? You can't impact that. Mm -hmm. What you can change is the type of flooring. You can change yep. if a toilet's loose, right? You can't, or you can ask for the seller to fix it, or you can get money for it. There's a lot of things just because you have a bad just because you have an inspection that's got some things showing on the house, there, there's something red. wrong with every house. Yes, yes, every yes. single house. Okay. Uh, listen, my house was built in the seventies. Yes. Okay. Yes. There and was lots. There's a lot of there. things, and a lot of things you can change, and a lot of things, and some things you can't. So if you can live with some of the issues, or get money for it, or get the seller repair, or whatever the case may be, then keep the house. Yeah. But well, and that's important to know that once you get your inspection back, yeah, I tell them call the agent. Yeah. Okay, I got my inspection back, so they think they call us. Yeah. And we're like, no, 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 I need you to call your agent because yes. this is what your agent needs in order to kind of look through it and say, okay, we might need to go back to the seller yeah. or, or I think we're okay and we can go ahead and proceed as is. Yeah. Right. And again, experienced agent will help you. And they, they, 
look, they're not going to go through and go, oh yeah, this house is perfect. No, no, no. They go through the, like, Hey, yes. look, this is not good. You probably want to ask. We don't ask about this. This is fine. This is normal. I see this all the time. You know, you can easily fix that or it's not a big issue or whatever. They're, they're yeah. going to be able to walk you through what the issues are. Um, as opposed to, you know, cause if you take it to your dad, okay. And you're like, Hey dad, <laughs> yeah. look at this. You're like, Oh, that's it. You don't buy that. Yeah, out. Yeah, it's yeah. terrible. Oh, you're never going to. And all of this is done during your option period yes. that you negotiated on your offer. So yes. if for some reason it comes back and it's absolutely like, it's something a little bit more than you, like you don't, what do they say? Uh, bite off more than you can chew, right? Yeah. If it's something too much, then that is your option to be able to go ahead and opt out of that property. Yeah. It might be the, the one that you thought was it and it was beautiful, but then you got cast iron pipes that are busted and electrical issues that people have wired together and you don't want you don't want a hazard later and you want to opt out that's your that's your opportunity to opt out now you're not going to get your option check back no because you i earn money seller, check back. but you'll get your earnest money yeah. check and back. you spent the money on inspection yeah. i mean that's a that's a thing that you but bought. that's something to protect that. yourself that's yeah. kind of like almost like the cost of doing business yeah. right well and then the to protect yourself a foundation is a good example especially in texas because soil shift all the time. I would say, I don't know what the number is. I would bet you 50% of the houses in the, in Texas have had some sort of foundation work. Maybe it's 30%. I don't know, but there's a lot, right? Yeah. Unless you're like us where we live by a Creek and it, the soil is constantly wet Yes, and we're fine. Yes. So, but the, the soil shift a lot. Well, just because it's had foundation issues or maybe even it currently has foundation issues doesn't mean it could be an easy fix. It could be yep. something that's insignificant. So there are times, even with your option period that you can extend it and say, Hey, look, yep. I know we did a seven day, but our inspector said we needed to get the foundation checked and we really love this house. So we're going to go hire a, 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 a structural engineer and have them come do an actual, you know, check. Don't, don't hire the foundation company because, you know, the, a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them will, you know, yep. oh yeah, you need 50 peers. It's going to be 20 grand. Hire a professional. Hire professionals. <laughs> um, the, the. This found, or the structural engineer will come out. He'll look at the property and say, no, you're good. And, and here's why it's settling in whatever. So you, you might've lost out on a house just because your inspector said you had a foundation issue when you could, if you just dug a little deeper, there wasn't that big yep. of a problem. Again, or maybe there was. And, well, and that means you time. That's right. Out. And again, they are just, their job is to pretty much dissect that house for you. Yes. It doesn't, again, it does not necessarily make them the expert in that realm. Yes. If you if they say the roof looks terrible, maybe a roofer needs to come out. Yeah. If they say the foundation looks terrible, maybe a foundation company or structural engineer comes out. They're just pointing out the possibles for you. And since we talked about earnest option inspection, those are the three things of cash significance that you're going to have to write up front. That's pretty much on every single transaction. You're going that to write and up the appraisal. And the appraisal. And that's the fourth Would thing. Would you get is, credit for that? Yes. So, but your earnest money goes back to your credit on your uh on your fees, mm -hmm. your uh, appraisal goes back um, as a credit and the option money. Um, it does. Yes, goes yep. back if as a credit as well. Yep. Yes. So, mm -hmm. so those three things will go towards. So if you needed $20,000 total to close and you put up, let's say five grand up front between option earnest and it's uh, appraisal, then you will only bring $15,000 to yep. close. It'll be reduced. So that money doesn't just get lost into the ether unless you back out of the contract within the option period. And then you give up the option money and the inspection money. Yep. Now the and, inspection doesn't go on because it's not part of our fees. Yeah. And sometimes people are, sometimes are a little bit gun shy too. Cause again, this is the most money they're ever going to spend Yes. that they're afraid that once they get past that option period, that they're not going to be able to opt out or pull out of the property. And there are certain, certain things that will allow you to opt out of the property later on, Yes. but not much, but there right. is certain things that will allow later on. Yes. Um, so now that you have your property under contract, you, and by the way, when we, yeah, we got a contract, yay, that was yay. a whole lot. It took a lot to get a, a contract lot. again, why it's important up front. <laughs> 
but you got the house under contract. Let's say the inspection went great. Let's say that um, you're in your past your option period. Now you're um, what they call pending, um, uh, you know, in the in the system. Oh, yeah. Um, this is the realtor speak. Yes. Uh, so now your house is the, the house is pending. Um, now our your lender who's already been doing stuff behind the scenes, right? Um, we order the appraisal. Now typically every lender does a little different. Um, in the for the most part, we're gonna order the appraisal as soon as we can because it's gonna take usually about let's say two weeks. I mean, it's running a little bit quicker now these days because the Definitely market's quicker. Slower, you know? Um, but at the height, you might have been three weeks. Yeah. Now we may be down to a week, you yep. know, something like that. But we're going to order it in advance because we we want to get you to the finish line as quickly as we can, assuming you know that's what you want. And well, that's what that, and it, wants. that and it also lets you know is the property going to come in at yeah, value. But yeah. like at this point in time, your agent would have already kind of looked at all of the yeah. possible scenarios, and they would have been like, "Okay, I think this property is going to be fine." Now, yeah. if they would have known if, if they're listing it for something crazy, yes, um, and you're coming in and asking. The agent probably would have told you at the beginning, like, hey, I don't think this property is going to appraise, but we can cross that bridge because you love this house so much. We can cross that bridge when it gets yeah. there. And that is the agent question. I get that question. Do you think the house is going to appraise? I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah, we don't know. That's not what I do. <laughs> we yeah, don't know. I don't, I have, I don't, I mean, not I, our professional. I don't know. <laughs> ask them. I, I'm, I'll call your agent and ask them, what do you think? You yeah. Know? yeah. Um, but we, we as lenders don't really know that the answer to that. But um, yeah. Now, the, the only time where we don't collect for the appraisal up front is going to be on your VA loans. Yeah. So veterans, we collect that at closing yeah. or if for some reason the transaction doesn't close. Um, otherwise, everybody else pretty pays much pays front. for those up front. Yes. Our veterans don't. Because if we get your appraisal in and it's short, well, we still had to pay the appraiser to mm -hmm. do the appraisal. Regardless of if you go through with the contract, we still had to pay them. Mm -hmm. Now, as far as the appraisal is concerned, if the there's there are, again, three scenarios that happen with appraisals. Okay. It either comes in at value, which is pretty typical and as is as uh -huh. is um or it comes well i won't even get into the repairs thing yet okay or it comes in above value which is happens yes rare. which is great not rare but not often but it, it happens which yeah. is awesome um yeah because you instantly have equity you instantly have equity now it doesn't affect your loan by the right. way, just so you know, just because your house appraised for more doesn't mean you have to have less down payment. Doesn't mean you have anything other than congratulations. You have equity as soon as you move into the house and your agent did a great job getting you that house for that price. Yep. Um, or it comes in low. Okay. Well, if it comes in above, great. Nothing we got to do. If it yep. comes in at list, great. Nothing we got to do. Assuming it's as is with no repairs subject to, et cetera. But if it comes in under, okay, what are our options at that point? So if it comes in under, the first thing we do as lenders is we'll call the agent to let them know. Yes. Hey. The property looks like the value came in under. If for some reason the agent or the seller really is adamant that they really feel like, you know, that something was done incorrectly, yeah. they can give us supporting documentation. Absolutely. Maybe sometimes square footage could have been wrong right. um, or Different updated comps, comps yep. right? Maybe new homes just sold that closed in the last month that weren't notated. Yep. So sometimes they, they can give us additional documentation that we can try to go back to the appraiser for a reconsideration of value is what they call it. And then let's say the appraiser reviews it and says, okay, yeah, you know what? You're right. I made a mistake. My bad. Here you go. Here's an update. Great. We move on. If there is not, though, we provide supporting documentation and it does not come up, um, then it's definitely overvalued. Which, just so you know, that is often most likely the case. Correct. Unless there's a mistake, meaning that the square footage was wrong or something, you know, it had an extra bathroom or whatever that was missed. Unless that happens, very rarely, just from anecdotal experience, do I see we provide additional comps 
typically the the appraiser can and they'll tell you they'll come back and say oh yeah i, I already used that one or i didn't yeah. consider that one for this reason or they whatever they work in big sophisticated softwares that yes. plug in literally everything yes. they try to finagle as much as they can and try to help they're not out to no. get to buy or anything they're just trying to make sure that you're buy what you're buying is worth what you're buying so if it comes in low then it, it's usually going to stay there. Yeah. yeah. So let's say it doesn't change. Let's say the value reconsideration did not change. At that point, we'll call the agent back and say, hey, looks like we tried to do the reconsideration of value. Value didn't change. Yeah. At that point, what you have a couple options. The agent will go back to the seller and the seller's agent for you and try to maybe negotiate that price to come down yep. to that price. Or meet you could have a meet halfway where you cover the difference and they're going to come down a little bit. Yeah. Or if nobody's, if the sellers are unwilling to budge, then you, that is your right to opt out of that property at that time because right. it did not appraise. Right. And you, you can get out of the contract or you can pay more, which, or you can pay the full difference, which if you love it, the last, you know, up until, well, let's just say 2021 and 2020. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's what people were doing. Yeah. Um, they were paying over it, which is why if you were an FHA or VA buyer, had a hard time doing it. Because if you were a conventional buyer or a cash buyer, you could pay over. Cash buyers don't even need an appraisal if you don't want one. Okay. Um, but with a conventional loan, if I want to guarantee the purchase price, I can. It doesn't mean as an FHA buyer, you couldn't pay over if you chose to, yeah. but you didn't have to. Yeah. And so that was an out for you in the contract. Yes. If the house came under, you would back out. Well, if I'm a seller and I've got 15 offers and four of them are, or five of them are conventional and 10 are FHA and VA, well, if these five are going to give me appraisal guarantees that they're going to pay no matter where the appraisal comes in, and I'm going to go that rate. You yeah. know, it's just, so we're not seeing a whole lot of that now. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, right now you, that's, that's not a, not really a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it, it, sellers are offering money right now to get there. So, yep. uh, so at this good. point you would have had, um, actually we've already been working on your file in the background, right? Yes. So like appraisal at, before the appraisal comes back, you probably would have already gotten an approval. And what that means is if you did it perfectly, you should have already got a loan approval before you even had a contract yeah, yeah. Um, because we like to take your files and have them fully approved in underwriting right. so i like to think of it as a um how i try to relate this to people who have never bought a home before yeah. is i relate it to think of it like a staffing company um you come in the buyer comes in looking for a job yeah right and there's a person at the staffing company that is putting together your resume, if you will. So your loan file yeah. and they are putting it together with a pretty low bow on it and they're putting all your documents that you put in there and then they are presenting it to the employer they're trying to get you hired at, which is IE our underwriter. Yep. So they're putting everything together, putting it to the underwriter and then the underwriter reviews it. So you probably would have talked to not only your loan officer, but you probably might've even talked to either a loan officer assistant to help collect documentation or your processor. So your processor is the one that's collecting documentation to send it into your underwriting department. The underwriting department by that when they get everything what they're basically trying to do is they're filling in the little holes sometimes i hate to say this and i'm not being mean to any of my doctor friends out there i'm just saying i feel like sometimes we are held to higher standards than doctors sometimes okay yeah. the the guidelines and i i just close to um we just did a loan for a friend of mine who it had been 24 years since she had purchased a house okay 24 years and so we, she's self-employed. So when we went to go get documentation and stuff, she was like, boy, this is a lot. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's changed yeah. quite a bit. So what we're trying to do up front, there'll be, a, there'll be at, there'll probably be three points of contact where we're going to ask for documentation so that you're not feeling like you're constantly having to provide additional documentation. You'll provide a documentation at the front when you're getting pre-qualified and pre-approved, right? Yep. 
I, I need you to, whatever you're putting on the application, I need you to be able to prove. Right. If you say you make $50,000 a year, I need you to give me documentation to prove it. it. Right? Yeah, see if it. you say you got 50000 in the bank, I need to see your bank statements yeah. to prove it. It's not that I don't believe you. Not that I don't believe you, but I have, I, to, I have to prove it. I have it. to give it to the underwriter. They, yeah, they don't talk it. to you. I do, but they don't. Yeah, I got to prove it. Yeah. So um, we would have got it at the very front end. Well, at the very front end, we're only getting enough from you to be able to pre-qualify you so that you can start going shopping. Right? And we're getting pre-approvals. Um, from underwriting in a perfect world, a perfect world um, that so that that way you can go ahead and go shopping. Well, then once your processing team gets your documentation, they're going to look at it and now they're going to look at kind of the more granular items that they're going to need. How many pages it has. Yeah. If the bank statement has eight pages and I got seven, or if you sent me a picture and it's cut off and yeah. I can't see it or it's, it's fuzzy or, Hey, you said you lived here, yeah. but it looks like your credit report shows here. Can you, tell I know me you labeled that file W2 2022, but it's actually the 2021 yeah. one again, <laughs> so, but I already sent it to you. Well, I know, but it's it's not, you didn't cause it's two different. Yeah, that's right. So we're getting a little bit more granular and kind of perfecting that file so that when we do get it to underwriting, everything as much as we can is in there. Okay. Yeah. So we get it into underwriting. That typically takes 24 hours for okay, us. Okay. So on that, on that point, okay. I just want to, I want to say that if you're a buyer or if you're a realtor and you call the lender because it's your conversation has gone dark or something, um, then whenever, if you go to, um, sorry, there was a comment that came up. I got distracted for a second, <laughs> but so if, if you call the lender and then the lender says, well, um, it's in underwriting. Okay. All right, cool. Well, when's it going to come out around? Well, it takes a couple of days. I mean, it could be like a week, you know, oh before goodness. it comes out. Okay. Well, that's, that's not correct. Okay. As far as now it might be in line for underwriting, possibly if they're that busy, especially these days, they shouldn't be. Um, but, um, but even then it shouldn't take that long. I mean, the most at any bank, it only takes an underwriter a couple of hours to actually underwrite a file. Right. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Somewhere it in that could take anywhere between literally 15 minutes to four hours. Right. Yeah. It just depends on how complicated it is. But uh -huh. the, once a physical person gets a hold of your file and goes through it, the timeline is 15 to, you know, it's, it's less than a day for sure. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, they're going to have questions. They're going to send you conditions on what they're looking at. But if they're telling you it's been an underwriting for four days or that's, so, that, then there's something probably there's something wrong. going on. There's something going on yeah. and you yeah. need to ask more questions. Yeah. So, um, and, but a lot of the times, like I said, we, you know, we try to get you pre-approved ahead of time through underwriting. So you don't have to question. And also, do you have to get pre-approved by underwriting? No, you don't have to. Yeah. The reason we do it is because in the market that we are in, we're trying to find any advantage for you as a buyer to help when you're putting out on offers. So you don't have to get pre-approved, but if you already pre-approved before you have a buyer or before you have a property, it allows your agent to have a little bit more room when they go in to put in an offer. Yeah. We might be able to close sooner because yeah. we can get an appraisal back quicker and you might be able to compete with other offers that are out there. Right. That's all we're trying to do. Do you have to get pre-approved? No. Um, no, no. Well, and then that's a point, you know, uh, coach Bugby brought up there and that, um, that if you, you know, the buyer doesn't have to be pre-approved because oh, they can't yeah. discriminate. Okay. But we're not saying you have to be pre-approved. You don't have to do any of this stuff, yeah. but if you want to get your offer accepted and you want a seller to consider it in most cases, yeah. they're going to request that in order to look at your offer and accept it. Um, it's just anything where we can give an advantage. Yes. Yes. You're just um, trying to get an advantage. So your file has gone to underwriting, right? That means yep. the processor has packaged your file. We've submitted to underwriting yep. right now. That's taken pretty much 24 hours. Yep. An underwriter will have a decision. 
in 24 hours. Okay. Yes. Unless it's the last day of the month, like today, the end loans came in today. You might not get it by the end of the day today. Yes. It might be Monday morning. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and all that means is the underwriter has looked through it and they're just basically double checking everything that the processor has submitted. And they're saying, okay, I will give, we will give approval to give this person $400,000. Yeah. If you give me this, this, and this, and they call that approval with conditions, right? Yeah. So you have an approval and then there's conditions that we have to meet. So if yeah. you hear anybody talking about conditions, the, the underwriter condition for this. It's not a bad thing. It's nope. a very normal. All that means yeah. is the underwriter has said, cool, you're approved, but I need to have X, A, B, C, D, E. Yeah. Okay. Um, and real quick uh, before we go on. So um, one other thing on this is every lender has, we have underwriters, physical humans that look at your file. But we also all use automated underwriting okay? that everybody uses. That everybody uses. Every bank that does a mortgage loan, if you, I mean, well, okay, uh, does you know, small little bank that wants to do a per, no, okay, maybe not. But, but I'm saying, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's not a, that's not a, you know, FHA, Fannie, HUD, whatever type mortgage loan. But anybody that's doing one of those, we all use an automated underwriting system. And what the automated underwriting system says is that me as a loan officer, when I fill out or you fill out your application or I double check it and we go through it all, make sure it's right. When I submit that to the automated underwriting system, okay, with everything that's in there, it's going to give me basically, there's nuance to this, but thumbs up or thumbs down. That's Either right. This is good or no, it's not, yep. right? Uh, we won't get into maybes because <laughs> there are some maybes there. Um, but it's either going to be, and I would say 95% of the time, you're good or you're not. Yep. So if you're good, it doesn't mean that you're good. It means that the information that was provided in the application along with your credit report, because it doesn't look at your documents. It just looks at it looks at your credit, what I put in there or what you put in there and uh -huh. what the credit report is. If all of that is correct, then you're good, yes. right? Your, your, your loan's good. If it's, if whatever I put in there is, and it says your loan's bad, it doesn't mean it's bad either. Not necessarily. Not it necessarily. Just, it just might mean it wants something else. It, yes. It might mean that maybe it wants your assets to be a little bit more. Maybe, you know, we didn't include your second job that we can because yeah. you've been there for two years and we were leaving it out originally, but now we're going to put it in. Or maybe it wants you to have a co-signer because your credit's not real strong or whatever the case may be. Now, it doesn't tell us that. It doesn't say, hey, no, but if you do these things, we'll, we'll say yes. What it does say is, no, I don't like this as, as it is. So as loan officers and as banks, we have to go, okay, well, how do I solve this puzzle? Mm -hmm. How do I go in and fix this problem? What do I need to adjust? How do I fix it? Um, and we kind of play with it a little bit, but, but then if you do have the thumbs up, then we have to send it to the physical human that's going to double check all of the documentation. Right. And a sure. perfect example of that yeah. is we provide a pay stub. Okay. And when we filled out the application, let's say the buyer didn't put that they have child support, right? But then we had the pay stub and now the pay stub shows that there's child support yes. going out. And so the automated system does not recognize, it's just recognizing what we input. Right. So if at the beginning the buyer says, oh no, I just get paid hourly, nothing more. But then after we kind of do a little bit more digging, because anything you put on the application, you have to be able to prove, yep. right? I look at it and now we're like, oh, it's actually kind of split up with um, or I work 40 hours a week overtime. and really only work 32. Yeah. And you're not working a full 40 hours. Yep. And now I see child support that's on here. So we have to account for those debts. Now those things change. Well, now you went from base income. That is just your standard base to possibly variable income. And that could change right. your automated system. So it's the automated system only runs with the validity of the information that is being entered. That's right. Bullshit in, bullshit out. Yep. yep. <laughs> that's how it works. Well, and again, we're going to say this, you know, 
<laughs> this is going to be a long one, a little bit longer today. We're a little over time, but yeah. so I acknowledge that for anybody listening, but going back to the beginning, that's why it's so important up front to get all this stuff done, because these are the things that can come up and it's not malicious, right? Sometimes, and, and, you know, I'm sure everybody's been, I was, I've been guilty of this before early in my career where you don't ask enough questions, yeah. right? You don't dig deep enough. Okay. I'm self-employed. Okay, great. How much money do you make? I make a hundred thousand a year. Well, some people go, okay, cool. hundred thousand a year. Move yeah. to the next question. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Now doing this for almost 15 <laughs> years, I go, okay, well, that's great. But well, what does your tax return show? What are you paying taxes on? <laughs> oh, I'm, I pay taxes on hundred. Okay. Maybe, maybe you're right. However, let's go ahead and let me see the tax yep, returns yep. because I don't think that you're lying to me. I just don't think you understand fully what I'm asking. Yes. And if, unless I don't explain it well enough, which maybe I don't sometimes, then I need to see that document before I'm going to be like, yeah, you're good to go start looking at homes. Well, yeah. Cause right? we don't want to get somebody's hopes up. Right. We don't want to, we, again, we want you to have a good transaction. A good experience. A good experience. And honestly, almost every buyer that we've ever talked to while they're shopping yeah. in the very beginning part of the transaction, we're all so eager. Yeah. Everybody's happy. Let's go ahead. and Okay. What else do you need? What yes. else can I do? Yes. What else can I go get? Yes. Right. It's when it gets later on in the transaction where it's kind of like, man, why haven't we talked about this in the beginning? Yes. You knew, you know, like, why didn't you ask me this in yes. the beginning? So that's yes. why we kind of go so far yes. in the beginning so yeah. because we don't want those hiccups. No, we don't want you. We want you to get the house that you want. We want you to close when you want to close. We want you to close early. We want you to get there to the, to the finish line with a big smile on your face because. And say the hardest part was finding a house. Yes. <laughs> well, and this is something that I tell buyers all the time when I talk to them, I pretty much tell everybody because we'll go through how we're compensated, right? Speaking of compensation these days, um, when it comes to real estate, um, I tell people all the time how we get paid and just so everybody knows, okay, this is how lenders loan officers get paid. Our compensation is based on the size of your loan. That's it. Mm -hmm. We don't get any more money for your interest rate. We don't get any more money for your closing costs. We don't get any more money for the type of loan that you do. Yep. None of that stuff. We get paid as a loan officer, a certain percentage, and it varies depending on companies of your loan size. And that's it. And yep. that's because we really don't have any control over that. It's yep. it, There's no incentive for us to be able to charge you more based on giving you a higher rate or more closing costs or whatever. So what I tell buyers is, my incentive in the transaction is that I want this transaction to be amazing and I want it to go smooth and I want you to have all your questions answered. And I want everything to go exactly how you want it to go because after you close, I want you to tell your mom, your brother, your cousin, yes. your friends, your coworkers that we did a great job. And if you're ever going to get a home loan or you're ever going to buy a house, use this agent and use this lender. Yeah. Because we do that in everything. Yes. It, in anything like I li we live in Mansfield. Yeah. I use John's heating and air yes. conditioning. Yes. You want to know why? Because they're freaking incredible. Yeah. They're a little family shop yep. and they take pride in what they do. Yep. I refer them to everybody because I have had other companies come to my house and say, no, you need a whole brand new, brand new machine. You're yeah. going to need to cough out $10,000. Yeah. They come and they're like, oh no, the valve was just turned wrong. You're yeah. <laughs> we, we're not even going to talk You're to good. you today. Yeah. Right. Yes. You want to deal with the professionals and, and, and you refer, if you refer out, your handyman, you're putting your reputation on there. You're going to do the same thing for your lender, yes. your realtor, right? Because it was a pleasant experience yes. for you and yes. you want that for the next person yeah. who you happen to talk to. Yep. Well, and that's our, that, and that's the whole point. That is our incentive. Our incentive is to do more loans in the future, not 
just try to get every nickel out of this one we right. can. They're, that that's and it's the realtor too. It's yeah. the same thing. Yes. Like they don't want to sell you a house ten thousand dollars more that you don't want because then you're going to walk away from that transaction pissed off that it didn't that you paid yeah. more than you thought you should have paid or etc. They want you to get the house you want at the price that is going to get you the house. So then that way you're like, man, she was you know he or she went to bat for me and yes. I really appreciate yes. that. Yes, and I got equity in my house. Yes. And, yeah. Yeah. exactly so you know that i think sometimes from the consumer's point of view and i i understand it because it exists in a lot of worlds and really prior to let's say 2008 right i mean on the lending side of things in particular you know there was a lot of shady stuff going on i mean there were people that get in charge stuff on the backside that they didn't realize or or you know I i've only the, heard horror stories i wasn't there for yeah that. i mean i wasn't there either but <laughs> i i but the example i heard even today or have brought up was you know with what's happening with you know, the realtors and NAR and, and what's going on. It's not too dissimilar from what was happening to us or our industry in 2007, 2008, in that there was an issue with, did buyers sign their loans? Did they get disclosed all the information on that loan to be told what they were paying and how much? Yes, they absolutely did. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Did they understand it? Mm -hmm. Did they read it? Did they really, did the lender explain it to where, mm -hmm. You know, yeah, maybe not. Should they have? Okay. You could say, well, they're grown ass adults. They need to figure it out. Yes. But as a result of how everything worked out, That's our right. entire industry changed. That's over. right. Okay. That's right. So just agents out there, take that as a little bit of a, now again, it's, a di they're different, but they're similar. Mm -hmm. Um, so you gotta be aware that, you know, our, our job as lenders and, and realtors jobs is to, make the transaction as smooth and easy and as 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 beneficial to the buyer and seller as possible because we want to do more deals in the future we that's want right. to get those referrals and and that's the biggest piece of it so um all right so then you've uh we've gotten conditions submitted you've gotten conditions yep we got right? conditions all right because right? that's an approval yes. underwriters like i'm going to approve you if you give me these conditions yes some of those conditions i always tell people sometimes conditions breed more conditions yes right yes and we don't know what we don't know i i don't know it because now i'm going to go because the underwriters reviewed it they've looked at it and they're like oh hey maybe you missed this on so your this is all i need right statement. these three things this is it and then we're done yeah, this yeah. is it we're done yeah it just depends on what i get back okay <laughs> so when we let's say i get bank statements back uh -huh. and now they're you didn't do what we were what we talked about in the beginning, right? Do's and don'ts, right? Yep. Don't deposit more than X amount at a time or yes. whatever it is. But let's say there's a big deposit. Well, now I got to figure out where that money came from, right. which it could be okay. Could and be it could fine. still be fine, but, but it may require reason, more documentation. And the only reason why we're asking is because we have to ensure that you didn't take out another loan Yes, that we have to count in your debt to income ratio. That's what all of this is about. Now also remember if there is something that pops up, let's say we didn't have to have your tax returns for some reason in the loan file, but in your bank statements, there's a payment to the IRS. We're going to have to question it because at the end of the day, remember what you put on the application, we have to prove. So if I'm saying this is all the liabilities you have, then this is all the liabilities you have and I got to prove it. But if there's something else that's telling me that you might be paying the IRS, then now I'm going to have to go dig a little bit deeper and get more documentation to to figure out what that is. Well, even in the entire process of doing the loan, and I explain this to people often is is there's, you know, this, this whole standard thing. There's three things, credit, you know, uh, income and assets, right? Those are the or debt to income. Those are the three things that we're ultimately looking. I mean, there's others. There's five. Okay. But the house, Property yeah, the house. house, right, right, right. No, <laughs> I, I know. But, but from a, from just the buyer's point of view on what they, what they can do to buy the house, it's credit, their in, debt to income and mm -hmm. their assets, right? So credit is very black and white. 
in most cases. Yeah. It's right there. It's either good enough or it's not. And if it is good enough, well, then it may not be good enough because there might be a few other things about, because like if your credit's terrible, but you have a low debt to income and a lot of cash, sorry, you're not getting a loan. If your credit's really good, but your debt to income doesn't work and you have the assets, you're not getting a loan. Uh If your credit's really good and your debt to income's awesome, but you have no money, you're not getting a loan. Okay. So, so you have to have all three. All right. But credit's pretty cut and dry, yep. right? When someone calls me and says, oh, I got denied because I have a bankruptcy. I'm like, yeah, how did yeah. they not know you had a bankruptcy? Yeah. It's on There's your credit report. Mm-hmm. Like it's right there. Uh, you know, the one I saw, it's right there. So um, that's not something that they can come back later and say, oh, they didn't know. No, they knew because they had your credit report from the very beginning. Yep. Your assets is something that can get complicated, right? Yes. As far as the documentation is concerned, yes. right? But at the end of the day, if you, if I tell you, you need $25,000 to buy this house and you have $25,000 that's from sources that I can document Verify. and use, then we're good. Yep. It doesn't matter that you have $200,000 um, because unless you need reserves or something like that, it doesn't make any difference about that extra money. Yep. I don't need all of your assets because it's not necessary for the transaction. That's right. So my point of that is, is the thing that lenders spend the most time and the most effort on figuring out is your income and your debt. Mm-hmm. And 90% of the work that we do in determining if you can qualify for a loan, because we know your credit right away mm-hmm. and we have a plan hopefully for your assets right away. So now we're trying to figure out, do you make as much income as you say you do? And is it in an in a way that we can classify it and use it correctly. Mm -hmm. And then is there any debts out there that aren't on your credit report that I need to know about? And that's what all the reports and all the, uh, you know, data uh, aggregators that send us stuff like, you know, to to tell us if you have default student loans that are on your credit report. Oh yeah. It's listen, if if you're getting a government backed loan, yeah. Which IE is like USDA, FHA, VA, right. If you're getting a government backed loan, I always tell people uncle Sam's going to get his money. Yes. One way or another. Yes. If you owe and you're defaulted on federal student loan debt, that is government money and they're going to get their money one way or another. You're not going to be able to get a government-backed loan if you currently owe the government money and you're defaulted in it. So at the end of the day, just know Uncle Sam's going to get his money. Yes. So we we've you when you were explaining about the conditions, we have the conditions from the approval because we're trying to just make it all look pretty yep, and get everything. Tying it up with need. a bow. But mm-hmm. the the underwriter generally says, "Hey, this loan's good, but I need a few other pieces because I had a question about this or I had a question about that." And as long as those pieces don't generate significantly new questions Correct. or significant new documentation, which most of the time they don't. It's nope. just basic stuff because we've done our job ahead of time mm-hmm. and we know where we're at. Um, then uh, at that point, once you submit those back. Yep. Then so the processor, your processor is going to put it all together yep. and they're going to submit it back to underwriting. Yep. Um, Another 24 hours in most yep. cases. And yep. they're just reviewing the conditions that the underwriter put on yep. there initially. Yep. And then at that point, um, you'll get a clear to close. Yes. Now, um, your loan's now, clear to close. There could have been some stuff in between there. Sure. Now let's talk about the closing disclosure briefly, uh, uh-huh. because that's a big piece of it. So CD closing disclosure, HUD statement is what they used to call it. Um, it's not called a HUD anymore. I still have people ask me about that. Yeah. Uh, can I get the HUD? I'm like, there's not a HUD anymore. Um, but well, there is if you if it's a cash transaction, I guess. Oh yeah, I guess yeah, so. yeah. Um, but your closing disclosure is something that you'll get provided up front in the very beginning when you disclose your loan, and it has your interest rate, how much cash you need to bring to the table, what your costs are, your loan now, estimate, your loan estimate. Sorry. Um, 
once you have that loan estimate up front, which is not really an estimate anymore, technically, yeah, it's got to be pretty pretty <laughs> dialed in. Yeah, um, there there can be things that change, mm -hmm. right? But it's usually related to things that we don't have control over, like your taxes or your insurance or stuff that the yep. title company is going to charge you or whatever. Uh, but it should be pretty solid, and your lender should give you that number up front. You should know what your rate is, what your payment's going to be, and how much money you need. You should yep. know that the minute you should know that prior to even writing your contract. That is true. But um, but at minimum you should know you know the within moment. three days of having yes it. yep and then when you go to closing you'll actually get your final closing or excuse me your preliminary closing disclosure uh -huh. uh, because in most cases and every lender is going to be a little different most of the time once your loan's approved we can issue the closing disclosure at that point yep as yep. long as you your interest rate is locked yes um you're approved yep. and we've pretty much kind of got like you know, your homeowner's insurance. Sometimes yep. they're still shopping, but as long as we have a quote or something we can go by. But the most important parts there is that you're approved, you're locked. Um, as far as your interest rate is locked in, yes. um, we can, and we have your title stuff, then we can go ahead and get your closing disclosure out. And realize that lenders and realtors aren't the only people in this transaction. There are title companies, there are insurance agencies, you know, there are appraisers. Yes. On this side. So especially with this closing disclosure, there's a thing just so everybody knows when, the closing disclosure goes out. It has to go out three business days prior to yep. the closing. Okay. Um, they call it consummation. Yeah, that consummation. is your technical term. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Um, so it has to go out three days prior to that. And then, um, but the one that you get three days prior, we want it to be final. Majority of the time it is. But it's not always. Um, yep. And that usually has to do with either we are changing insurance. And I don't mean we, I mean, you haven't got us your insurance information yet. Or we don't have it yet. Or... Um, and this happens sometimes where we send it to the title company and they know that we're closing, you know, in a few days and yeah. maybe we don't like a get a week and a half from now. Yeah. We don't get it back until a few days before closing. Um, but the reason that the number can change is because we have to have, especially from the title company, they have to give us their fees so we can balance everything out. And a lot of the times what we also notice too, is that like home warranties get slapped on at the end Yes, um, that we don't know about, you yeah. know? So what our closers typically do. So you have a, now you have a closer in your transaction. Yeah. Um, that is now assigned to your loan and the closer works with the title company who in essence with a lot of people don't what buyers ask me what is a title company what is it not only is it the place that you're going to go close at and yeah. sign your documents but i always again back to the car i always explain to people all a title company is and the fee that you're paying for title policy insurance what that is is that so somebody later on doesn't come knock okay you know when you sell a car you have a title has have all you, the previous owners yep, or has clear. the previous owners and, and then they sign and then you yeah. go to the next line and then they sign and you go to the next line. So it's the same thing with the title company. The the reason you're per, you're getting title lenders title policy and buyers title policy, owners title policy, what they are there for is to ensure that everything is filed properly so that later on somebody doesn't come knocking on your door and saying so and so didn't have the right to sell you this house this yep. is my house and i'm suing you for it that is the importance of the title company. and that premium is set by the state of texas it is yes. um but that is the importance but by this time your agent would have already known pretty much up front whether or not they can sell this house or yes. not okay yes. um or the seller's agent well, that's they why would the have listing agent known. is there too that's right yes. um but they're also the ones who handle all the money yep. so they get the money and they pretty much distribute to everybody that's supposed to go get paid. Yeah. Okay? When, when it, we as a lender fund your loan, okay, we send the money to the title company and then the title company takes that money and disperses it amongst yep. your insurance, your agents, your, your loan that you're the seller's loan that they're paying off. Like they are, they're Home a third party, all right. that stuff. They're a third party intermediary. They're yep. there to hold the money and distribute it. And Oh, by the way, 
they're so highly regulated on that part that they can't have one penny <laughs> extra in their yes. account. Every penny has to be accounted, accounted for. for. Yeah. So sometimes that changes. So what we do is our closer, now that you're clear to close, or even sometimes when you're approved, what we do is our closers go ahead. We Our closing date doesn't change, right? You well, know when you're closing. Okay. <laughs> well, let's say, since you say that, <laughs> whenever you decide or the sellers and the buyers decide at the last minute or a week before, like, oh, we want to move closing up or, oh, we want to push closing back a couple mm -hmm. of days. It's fine. No problem. Yep. But- that's going to change things it's and change your numbers. You have to understand that your numbers are going to change yeah. based on when you're doing that, which means it's got to go back to the title company, back to the lender. They got to go back and forth. Yep. It can't be just like, Oh, we're just moving it up a day. No big deal. Like, no, there's some stuff. Now we got to rebalance. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And what rebalancing means is the closer is just getting with the title company and saying, Hey, this is our closing date. So I need to balance title fees with days you. of interest. We're calculating days of interest, property taxes. What is our Prorations, prorations yep. right? Because, and we get a lot of questions on, um, especially at this time of year, at the latter part of the year when tax bills are out, we get a lot of questions from buyers on why am I getting charged this whole big amount? And and then we have to point them to the different page. So yep. you're not going to get charged on ta on property taxes for a property you didn't own from January yep. to November 30th, right? Yes. But since you tax bills are out, yep. you'll get charged the full boat. Then you yep. get a credit from the seller from January to November. Um, and so those are things you want to look at. You want to look at your property tax prorations, make sure that those are on there because you're not going to pay for taxes yep. on a property you didn't own. Yep. You're looking at your fees. You're looking at your home warranty, things that you opted for. Are they on there? And then you're looking for your credits. Is your earnest money that you put down, is that on there? Is your option fee? Is your appraisal? There's columns on there that kind of have this little letters paid outside closing. And your appraisal is one of those costs. That's a paid outside closing. Now you're not going to get credit for your home inspection because that that was just a separate report that inspection that you got to protect yourself. But the biggest things you're looking for, are you getting the credits that you were supposed to get on your closing disclosure? And um, are the fees correct? And is your taxes and insurance set up properly? Yes. Yes. And then you'll have a bottom line number that you're going to be bringing closing. It'll tell you here and it'll be to the penny like that again, to the penny. just so you understand the title company can't hold any extra money. So even if you, and this happens sometimes because if let's say things are, you know, changing or we went fast or whatever, and we don't have the final, final number until like the day before, or even the morning sometimes, because again, this is real estate stuff happens, right? Yeah. So if that happens, we will have sometimes have buyers say, well, we don't have the final number balanced with the title company because we just changed the close date. So we're trying to get it updated, but it's going to be about $26,000 or less. So they can, you can bring $26,000 to closing. Yep. And if it's only 25, five, then the title company will literally cut you a check back for 500 bucks yep. and you'll get your money back. So you're not, you're not ever in a position where you're going to lose money because you bring right. too much. Right. However, it's incredibly important. Well, I'll let you, cause you'll do it better than me. Um, all right. I'm, I've got my closing disclosure. I know how much money I need to bring. Where do I go get my money? <laughs> so that this is another place where <laughs> lenders will come in, right? Yep. This is, this, ha this is where, this is a problem more often than many people would understand. <laughs> it is. Yeah. So I always tell people upfront, when we are talking about your assets, if they're going to come from a retirement account or a 401k or things like that, I always tell people that's going to take probably 10 to 14 days. Yeah. So we need to start that process sooner rather than later. Yes. Okay. Not the day before closing. Right. Because it's going to take you a little bit to get that money yes. from Fidelity yeah. or whoever. They don't, don't want to give you the money either.
No, no, yeah. it's going to take them a minute. Yeah. So make sure we start that process sooner in the process. Now, let's say we get to closing. So at this point, I've already verified all of your information. So I have your checking, I have your savings or wherever it is it's coming from. Yeah. Um, I don't, listen, I don't really care that it comes from one of those accounts. Okay. Because I've already verified you have the money. In most cases. All I care about is that it came from you. Yes. <laughs> so yes. don't bring a check to closing, a cashier's check to closing yeah. from your mom's account. Right. Or right? some account that you never gave us. Or, yeah. Like, it, well, with FHA in, in, in no, the. No, with all, I really don't care. Yeah. It, it, it can come from, let's say you had another Wells Fargo account. Oh, yeah. That had more than enough money into, and yeah. it was easier for you to cut a check, cashier's check from there. That's yeah. fine. As long as it's your account. Right. Okay. It can't come from somebody else's account. Right. Please. Yes. Because it will be on the check and it will say. <laughs> and it will tell around. us. And yes. then now I got to get through gift fund documentation. Yes. In, in, in about 45 minutes because <laughs> yes. the money's already there. It's already been sent. Everybody's already signed and you brought money yes. from mom's account because of the last minute she was like, you know what? This was going to be a wedding present for you. So we wanted to save it to the end. <laughs> happy with happy marriage. Now, the other thing that I also kind of run across a That's lot to me, by the way. is I tell people that like, this is to each its own. Sure. I am a little old school in this realm. Okay. Um, Are we that old now that we're old? I, I mean, I feel like I'm a little old school in this realm, but, you know, younger people, they are all about wires and all that stuff. Yes. I just tell people, please be very, very careful with wires. Yes. Um, if you need your wire instructions, please get them directly from the title company because yep. there are so many awful scammers out there. Yes. And this has actually happened where- happened to me. Yep, where yep. a borrower got something in their email and it looked like wire instructions for their closing and they've sent money to we have no idea where. Yep. So I am a little old school in this aspect of I like to go get an actual physical, physical cashier's check because yep. that is a official form of check. Just don't okay. put it on your dashboard and ride with the windows down. And yeah. Otherwise you'd be <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like some people still send wires and there's nothing wrong with wires. Yeah. I just tell people, please, if you're going to do a wire Please ensure that you are obtaining the wire instructions directly from the title company. Yep. I can give them to you, but I would feel much better if you got them directly from the title company. Blockchain solves all that, by the way, <laughs> when we get there. Uh, then the wires are relevant. You don't have to pay all the extra fee. But, you know. But, yes. So just make sure because at this point, now we're just kind of finalizing. This is where you're going to go for closing. Yep. This is what you need to bring. This is how much you need to bring. This is who you need to make it out to. And it either needs to be in the form of a check or, or cashier's check or wire. A title company is not going to take a personal check over, majority of the time it's over like $1,500. Yeah. I think they're not going to take it because they don't want to be responsible for that amount of money. Okay. Yes. They need it in an official form. Um, but if you're going to be getting funds from, let's say you do have a donor and a gift, a lot of the times we'll just tell them, have your donor write it directly out to the title company. Yeah. Um, it just makes documentation for you a whole lot easier, yep. um, less documentation for us to get. But if you're getting it from a source that's going to take a while, let's start that process. A um, little bit ahead of time. Days. Yeah. Maybe probably a couple weeks. Yes. Get it started at the beginning when you get a property. So you have your close date set and your loan's clear to close. You've got your final closing disclosure. You went to the bank and got your physical cashier's check, even though you can wire, but you like to get the physical one. I like the physical one. And then you, now, you know, when your close date is, you're going to go to the title company to close in most cases. Uh, sometimes you can do a notary um, that can come to you. So just because you're going out of town, although it seems 
everybody goes out of town when they close the day after they <laughs> or the morning the their flight leaves 30 minutes after their appointment at the title company yeah yeah that's like a thing but um <laughs> gosh i can't i swear to you so many people why does everybody want to they leave do. town as soon as they buy they their do. house um but or the sellers a lot of times will do it too mm -hmm. um but so you'll go to the title company or you do have a notary come to you you will sign um usually prior to closing or prior to going the lender will send you some electronic documents to sign ahead of time everybody's a little different on this these days because of what's allowed and what's not but you'll have like our company the majority of the documents that you sign will be in most cases will be before uh you get to closing you just do electronic signatures and then when you show up to closing you're actually going to sign your final dis closing disclosure your final application your deed of trust the note um, those are the most important documents that you're going to sign at closing. And those require a, a notary um, with a physical, you know, signature as it currently stands. Again, I think that'll change in the near future, but that's what it is at this particular point in time. Um, and now your, your loan is closed. Okay. Or I should say you as the buyer have closed. Yep. All right. You have to wait for the seller to close as well. Yep. They can close before you or after you. It doesn't really matter. There are a couple of documents in most cases that have to be signed from the seller from the well for both of you yes, yes. Um, on the same document so sometimes if the seller's out of town and you're here locally that deed of trust you know you got to kind of mm -hmm. get two signatures on that one so it can push things or delay things a little bit if that's the case um but we would have already prepared for that well hopefully yes yes um but if we find out but you know sellers the day before like <laughs> hey we're going out of town like, okay okay um we we get to find this stuff out like you know yeah. the, the the listing agent is like oh yeah they told me two weeks ago okay well yeah they shared that with us um but so you if you've got everything signed and now once the lender gets all of those documents back okay uh -huh. we require like five or six things yes once we get those documents back then we review and we take a fax by the way they don't have to be like couriered over yep. we they, they do get sent over to us eventually but we're taking the facts we're looking at those f five documents that have been signed and now we We've already sent the money to the title company that already. morning, by yep. the way. Um, they got our wire. They just don't have the secret code to open the wire. Um, and then once we have all the documentation, secret code is released, and now your loan is funded. And then you can get your keys. And then you can get your keys. Um, and, and hopefully, we didn't kind of touch on this, but usually the day before or the morning of with your lender, with your realtor, you're going to do a walkthrough just to make sure that the property you know, hasn't flooded. There's and not, there's no like random person yeah, there's in no, there that you're trying to kick out. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You want to do the walkthrough. It's very important to make sure that everything is exactly what you were buying yeah, ahead of just time. Steal all the cabinets and light fixtures. Yeah. Yes. That <laughs> has happened. It has. Um, so, so well, then you're, not, and not only we're going to do that, but we're also going to verify again that you're still working. Yes. Oh yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So if you decided you were going to be slick and not tell us and quit your job the week before closing, <laughs> Ain't gonna work. Listen, everybody in the mortgage industry, we are we we are supposed to be level ten stalkers. Okay, that's yeah. what we're supposed to be. That's our job. That's our job is to be really good stalkers. And so part of that is, okay, we have validated that you work. If you happen to quit your job and start a new one, that's not a problem. But just tell us, yeah, um, so that we know and we can attack it ahead of time. Because what's going to happen is a couple of days before closing, we're going to call and verify you still work. Yeah at where you said you work and if they said no he's no longer here yeah now we're i'm just i'm he or she yes um that they're no longer there i'm now gonna have to have a phone call with you and yeah. say where do you work now yes and now we're gonna have to go back into underwriting um and update all of your stuff but i'm but getting yes. paid the same yeah that's great 
but I have to make sure you're, you're still employed and I have to go verify all that well, information. Again. And the bottom line on all this is, is that you have to understand that, you know, banks and realtors, and we've been doing this a long time and we've done lots and lots of loans. Okay. So when a buyer calls me and was like, well, what, how about if I, if I give my daughter a job and then she comes to work <laughs> for me and then she gets a salary, it's like, no, we, we've, we've no, gone that's through. That's not a problem. Well, I need two years of tax returns to right. show. <laughs> yeah. Yes. There's yeah. solutions to every route. It's like one of those, what are those tables? That's like, if yes, then go here. If yes. no, then go here. Like yes. one of those massive ones. That's what this well, is. Well, there are solutions to every route, but the solution <laughs> might be you don't get a loan. Yeah. Like that's still. Or the, the solution might be you're going to get a loan, but it's only going to be $50,000. Yeah, X amount of dollars. Right, right, right. You can't buy a house for right. that or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there, there's solutions. It's just not always the way you want them to be. So that's why, again, going back to the very beginning. We have to do all this stuff up front. You've awesome. got to get as much stuff done as you can up front. And you've got to pick good professionals that are there to represent you because this isn't something that you do every day. Yeah. And okay? like, if you just want to recap, we spent majority of our podcast today talking yes. about everything. Yeah, up this front. is the longest one I've done in a long time. And I, I don't know why I thought this was going to go faster. <laughs> because the most important part is everything up front. Because yes. if we do everything up front, then literally the easiest part was the, the financing loan. side yeah. of it. Yeah. Because, Aside from the appraisal sometimes. You know, yes. That, I mean, the financing side is the easiest part. The hardest part is for you to go find a property now yeah. that's going to fit your needs of what you're looking for. Because everything after that, it's literally just an underwriter looks at it, tells you we need a couple of conditions. Then we go to closing. Then we're finalizing. Yeah. But everything else you've already done up front. You already know what the fees are pretty much going to look at, look like outside of property taxes, insurance. You already know what your monthly payment's going to look at, you know, from a rough standpoint, and we've already verified all of your documents. So that's all in the very front. Yes. Yes. And now you have a house. Congratulations. You're a so homeowner. Exciting. So exciting. Um, now you get to go have lunch with your mom and tell her how great it was. And, and then again, this goes back to what our job is as lenders and what agents job is, is that we want you to walk away from the closing table thrilled with how everything went. All your expectations were met. Was Is everything always perfect? No, there's always gonna be little hiccups and bumps along the way. But as long as your agent communicates with you and as long as your lender communicates with you and tells you everything that's happening so you don't get surprises at the end, then you should walk away from that transaction feeling pretty good about what you just did. And like many experts now, you know? They're, now you're like a oh, little yeah. mini expert yeah, because you know. you've been educated through the I'm process. Like, what about mini experts? Are they rolling around here? No, 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 no. <laughs> like now you became a little mini expert. You've yes. been educated through the process. You know what to expect. Yeah. And you can, if somebody else talks to you about it, you're like, oh, well, this is kind of what happened because people are going to ask you, how did your, how did it go for you? Because you hear horror stories of like people's process did, was not great. Yes. Um, but now you can kind of say, well, this is kind of what happened. I was educated. I was communicated throughout the process. I knew what was going on. Yep. I knew what to expect. I wasn't surprised. And then be sure to, you know, the best way that you can thank your loan officer and your realtor is by telling the world. And what I mean by that is reviews are so important to us on for m many, many reasons, even but, bad ones, even right. bad ones. Do you go eat anywhere? Do you go yes. eat anywhere yes. where you have not looked at the reviews? No, I always look at the reviews. Okay. So, well, not always. I mean, if I go to Whataburger. I okay. Well, if that. you're a foodie, yeah. um, if I ever go eat somewhere that is not your normal chain, yeah. I'm always going to look at Yelp oh, yes. and I'm always going to look at the reviews. You know, the kids go to TikTok now. Oh, yeah. They true. don't even they know, do. they they don't even know like what Yelp is. Dallas must find. They don't even whatever. know what Yelp is. Yeah. But Damn like kids. I always go to look at the reviews. When you pull it up on Google Maps, it's the first thing. Is it a three and a half star or is it a four star? Like it's really important. Same thing for us. Yeah.
Yeah. So, um, man, this was an hour and 40 minutes today. So, you know, when <laughs> we you talk a lot, when Mills yeah, and I geez, get together, we talk rough. a lot. It's rough. So if you're hearing this, you know, I do these, always do these live, um, for anybody that's stuck around all the way the end here. I always do these live on uh, Thursdays and this will publish to Spotify and Apple on Fridays. And a lot of listeners come on those platforms that listen on the uh, podcasting platforms. And most of my podcasts are about an hour long. I try to keep them an hour. And even that's a lot because even the ones that I listen to are 30 minutes. There's a couple I listen to that are like three hours. But, um, but if you stuck around through all of this, there's a ton of information in here and, and there's segments of here that you can point to as a client to, for, as a realtor to your clients and say, Hey, in this section, and it'll be broken out inside the podcast. It'll tell you what sections we talk about, what you can go to that section and listen to that piece and answer that question for your clients. Because, um, and if you have questions, obviously reach out to me. I'm happy to help anytime. Uh, Jen, same thing too, or her contact information's on the website. Um, so you can get in touch with her if you'd like, but all of this is happening right now. I want to do this primarily because I believe, um, not everybody agrees with me maybe, but I believe that things are going to change quite a bit in the world of real estate over the next several years. And um, it may not be something that happens immediately. It might be a slow burn. It might take some time, but all this is going, there's going to be things that start to change and how we do our job as lenders and realtors is going to change. And your primary job as a real estate agent is to set the expectations with your clients as to what's coming, what's happening, how, why are you compensated the way you are? What is the process that you go through and, and how much is involved in all of this? Because the average consumer just doesn't understand because again, they don't do it every day. And there's so many intricacies. That's why this took an hour and 40 minutes. And we still, we could keep going. Oh God, we could have a five hour conversation on this because there's so many things we didn't even get into. Well, what if this happens? And what if this happens? And what if this happens? Because there's no going back to why it's important sometimes to have somebody that's gone through a lot of transactions is you don't know this stuff unless you've done hundreds of transactions and seen all this and that's understands right. the importance of it because there's no so many, the same. no, they're not the same. And so this isn't just something that, you know, average Joe could just walk on the street and do. And this isn't something that, you know, if Zillow decides to come out tomorrow and represent buyers for 200, they're, they're not going to do a good job. Like they're not going to do a good job. So yeah. you have to understand as a consumer that having seasoned professionals on your side to walk you through one of the biggest transactions of your life yep. is necessary because there's so many things that can go sideways on it and that can cost you a lot of money. And as a listing agent, same thing, you know, there's, there's so many pieces of this when it comes to negotiating, which contracts to accept and, 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 you know, what you should, what you need to disclose and, you know, what's on the seller's disclosure and covering yourself and all that kind of stuff. And if it's a farm and ranch versus residential, I mean, again, hours and hours, hours and of hours. information. Yes. So, um, so that's it. I, I wanted to, you know, just. This was something I asked Jen to do because I wanted to go through this entire process. I don't know why in my head I'm like, yeah, we can do that in an hour. Yeah. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> obviously, that's not the case. So, Jen, anything you want to say before we finally get off this No, marathon? I appreciate it. Education is key. I feel like we're buyers. At the end of the day, when you're buying a home, the unknown is what makes people so stressed out yes. and so worried and apprehensive. And they're like patiently waiting by the phone, waiting to see if anybody's going to call. Um so I just kind of feel like education and over communicating is always extremely helpful. And there's no dumb questions. This is the first time you're buying a home or even if you've bought a home before, things have changed drastically. Yeah. Ask any question because- And if, they will continue to change. Yes. Yes. So ask the questions because if we can better explain it, the easier it will be and the more you understand yes. the process of it so that that way you're not caught off guard or you feel like it's 
invading privacy or things like that. We're more than happy to explain it. Yep. And we could even show you. I mean, a lot of it is public information too. Yeah. Um, you can go, uh, we're, you know, bound by agencies and a lot of it is, you can go find it. We don't make up these well. rules. We don't make them up. They're there. I, I They're wish there. I could sometimes, but. H hard to interpret sometimes, but certainly there. Yep. Um, all right. Well, uh, we're going to wrap it up and I appreciate anybody that stuck around all the way to the end. Um, I will have my market update out on Tuesday where we'll do some basic market news like always, but I will go into the homes.com a little bit more. Um, that one I will keep at 20 minutes most of the time, uh, most of the time, cause I do talk a lot and everybody have a great weekend. Try to stay dry if you're in North Texas, cause it's raining like crazy right now. We're hearing thunder in this place. So, um, and we will be back next week. Thanks guys. Thanks guys. Have a good week.